Today's episode is brought to you by the XR Week. The XR Week is a virtual expo about XR for business applications taking place from 17th to 21st of May. Get impulses for your own company at innovative lectures, make new contacts and exchange ideas about the latest technologies and the latest hardware. Register now as a visitor, exhibitor or sponsor and become part of the XR Week at xr-week.converf.io. Welcome to the Next Dimension Podcast, your portal to an extended reality. Every week we talk about the hottest topics in XR and let you join the discussion live on MRTV. And now, get ready for another exciting episode. Hi, welcome to episode number 21 of the Next Dimension podcast, your new podcast that's all about VR and in the future, more and more AR as well. I'm really happy to have Anthony back, VR365. <laughs> Anthony, how are you doing? I'm good. It's good to be back. And there is so much news. It's a cornucopia. So many specs are jumbled up in my head right now. I just don't know what to say. Oh my goodness, this is going to be crazy. It's going to be a very epic show. I feel that already. And also back, Steve, VR flight sim guy with that beautiful background there. <laughs> Looks kind of familiar <laughs> to me. <laughs> Steve, how yeah. are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Yeah, I just thought, you know, I just look on the internet and this is the first thing that came up. So I thought, I don't know who this guy is, but yeah, yeah I have no idea, no idea. Background. <laughs> yeah, I'm very well, thank you, Sebastian. And how are you? Great, man. I'm, yeah, I'm also doing really well. My football team, Borussia Dortmund, we won our cup, our national cup. So yeah, I was celebrating and having a great time. And yeah. That was really, really good. So I'm in a fantastic mood. And also, of course, because we got lots of new headsets that will be coming up. So today we're going to talk about all these headsets. I am so much looking forward to that because, well, I really want to find out what, what you guys think about the new headset, the announcements. I want to find out what uh, our audience thinks about the new headsets. We're going to talk about the Pico Neo 3, that new standalone headset from China, which is for the Chinese market as for gaming, as what gaming is concerned. But they also have like the Pico Neo 3 and the Pico Neo Pro I, which are made for the business market. And these will come to the US and to Europe and to all the Western markets. So that is going to be pretty interesting. Then, of course, we're going to talk about the PSVR 2 rumors that Upload VR has spread. They got all the information. We're going to look at all these information they got and we're going to think about it. Well, what does this mean? How are the specs? Are they exciting or what? So that is going to be pretty, pretty much fun. Also, of course, we're going to talk about ViveCon 2021. Finally, we have all the details about the upcoming HTC headsets, the Vive. Pro 2, which is a PC VR wired headset for enthusiasts, for gamers, but also for enterprise. This is the wired one. This is probably going to be competition for the Valve Index and the HP Reverb G2. Not so much for the Quest 2, of course. And then there's the Focus 3, a standalone headset, which is squarely aimed at business. A standalone headset with all the amazing specs, like, wow, bigger FOV, 
uh, yeah, not made of plastic, like all the good stuff is there. And yeah, we're going to talk about that as well, if probably somebody is going to pick that up as well. So it's going to be a hell of a show, that's for sure. Today's show is kindly sponsored by V... No, not VR Week, sorry there, XR Week. XR Week is an online expo which talks about XR for business. So if you're wondering how XR can benefit your business and if you want to find out the latest interesting talks and info and all the stuff about XR for Business, check out the XR Week. It's going to start next week, Monday. And well, the link to the XR Week is down in the description of this video in the show notes. And I still have like 25 tickets that I can give to you for free. So if you really want to check it out, if you want to find out what XR can do for your business, then simply write me an email and I'm going to sent you that ticket if you are one of the first 25. So XR Week going to start next, this this coming Monday, 17th of May. Check it out and thank you so much XR Week for sponsoring this podcast. All right, before we go into our weeks, I want to um, tell you again, dear people out there, if you enjoy this podcast, please do give us a five-star rating on iTunes. So get out of your iPhone, Get out your iPad, open the podcast app, which is pre-installed there, find the Next Dimension podcast and do give us that five-star review if you enjoy what we're doing here every Saturday. This is the best thank you that you could give to us next to the thumbs up, of course. But if you could review us, that would be simply amazing. All right, before we get into the topics, I want to ask you, Steve. So, Steve, what have you been up to recently? Uh, really, I've been playing quite a lot of Airlink, actually, uh, Quest 2 Airlink, just because I just love it so much. I've just been going through the back catalogue of my games, which isn't that much, really, but uh, like Stormland and Asgard's right. I guess the real, real high PC, you know, uh, VR games, the, the high-end stuff that I really love playing because of the great graphics and everything. I've enjoyed playing them again simply because I'm able to go downstairs into, I've got quite a big living room, and re- just just enjoy them again, not having to worry about a crazy small space. Because where I actually, you know, I've got like a little man cave uh, <laughs> you know, upstairs. And that's my little VR sort of game studio type room. And it's so ridiculously small. And I've been playing Half-Life Alex and all them kind of games in this small space. So to be able to do, do you know, reimagine those games again, I've been having a blast doing that. So I've got to say, it's been really cool. Yeah, wireless um, is pretty something, huh? I think it's great, yeah, and it's how easy it is to do it now. You know, I haven't even messed around with my router settings, and it just seems to work really well. And my internet isn't brilliant, so yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, and talking about the Quest, actually, as well, I've uh, I've been trying out the new VR covers, uh, which have finally been released now. The thinner pads. In fact, I can show you here. Look, look how thin that is. That is crazy thin. If yeah. my camera would let me do it. Um, and I've been uh, sort of testing out because they've just, I think they've just released them a couple of days ago. Uh, and I don't know if you've got them, Seb, but honestly, the field of view has massively increased for my quest with these thinner face pads. Okay. Uh, made a huge difference. In fact, if anything, it's a bit too much for me because <laughs> I, can, I can see the edges of the lenses, like the, the real edges. I mean, um, that, that so, I don't like so much. When I can no. see the edges of the lenses, it's over for me normally. Say yeah, exactly. Um, I know a lot of people like don't mind that, but it kind of uh, it bothered me a bit. But they they have two versions of it. They have the standard and the comfort one, and I'm using the comfortable version. 
And yeah, the, the field of view, it feels, for me, it feels like a Pimax headset now. I'm joking. <laughs> but no, it's really good. Made it a nice improvement. Uh, and also, just to mention studio form as well. This is not an advertisement, trust me, I promise you. Uh, but um, if you look at my Quest, it looks a bit weird. If I can get it on the camera there. It's got this uh, strap at the top and it's got this counterbalance weight at the bottom. It looks a bit ridiculous, but what it does is it basically it does the same as what it does on the reverb. You kind of put it on your head and it just stays there. You don't have to kind of strap it to your face, if that makes sense. It just kind of sits really nice and balanced. Uh, and I've just I've had that on through my play sessions recently, and it just makes a huge difference uh, to the comfort. So, yeah, I think that's why I've been using the Quest more, actually, because of those nifty little add-ons just, you know, make a difference to sort of the comfort. And if you're more comfortable in VR, you play for longer. It's as simple as that, really. So, yeah, a lot of Quest 2 action, to be fair. In fact, I haven't realised that until I've just been talking about it. But right. been using it quite a lot, really, generally speaking. Um, I think just one more thing I might mention uh, is just in the flight sim sort of community. Uh, there's been loads of things going on, and, I've, I, and I just want to mention DCS because I know there's a lot of DCS fans out there. And it's had a major update recently, and it's now got what they call volumetric clouds, which they're really like really like real-time rendered clouds that change and dissipate and form depending on the atmospheric conditions and it's super geeky stuff but honestly when you're flying through those clouds in vr oh my god it's so cool and i think they've done a fantastic job so yeah i've been really enjoying some dcs action as well in the quest believe it or not i've, I've been enjoying doing that on airlink and by the way you know aeroflight fs2 which is a fantastic flight sim. I've I've been downstairs on it, literally on my sofa, and flying a plane just using the controllers, completely wirelessly, which has been really good fun. So I've really enjoyed doing that as well. Man, yeah, Steve, it seems like you have a new favorite headset. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, for me, the Quest just, Two. <laughs> it's just it's admit just it. One of them <laughs> No, I'll never admit it. I, I, lo I love the headset, but if I had to pick one headset, it would always be the Reverb for me. Okay. It's the best headset for what I uh, love. Right. Without a doubt, don't get me wrong, it's just this week has been a quest week for right, some reason. Right. <laughs> Do you have any feeling, though, that like being wireless so much is going to affect you going back to the wired headsets? That's a very good question, actually. Um, I think generally for me, because I'm a bit of a flight sim geek, I'm generally sat down. So I don't mind that cable, but if it comes to just gaming, I've got to say, I'd all, I kind of would pick the Quest over a wired headset now. I do feel like, you know, the tide's turned, and it has a, a long time ago, but I think wireless VR is the future. We all know that anyway, and I think for, for gaming, without a doubt, um, it, it's just so much better. It really is. So, yeah, I think I probably would. It's the reason why I have a Quest. I, I find... The Quest 2 for me is the game-orientated headset, and the Reverb is the, is the flight sim, you know, kind of serious <laughs> headset where I'd sit down and uh, enjoy it. So, yeah, definitely. But, yeah, that's kind of been really what I've been up to this week. Uh, shall I pick someone? Yeah, please, to... please pick. Yeah, uh, Anthony, I haven't seen you for a while. It's good to see you again. How have you been up to? Yeah, yeah. So um, it's been a couple of weeks, I think, since I've been on the show. Um haven't really i mean i don't got a lot to talk about vr related i i still am working on vr game rankings in the background and one of the things that we're doing with that website is um when i was first making it i made a lot of mistakes in terms of how the thing was organized and so we're trying to correct 
basically all these mistakes. But one of the things we have done recently over there is we have brand new lists for free VR games on basically all the major platforms that's out there. So like PlayStation VR, we've got this huge list of free PlayStation VR games. And I know what you're thinking. There are none, you know, there's only a couple, like, you know, there's Rec Room and there's the Playroom VR and a couple of other games, but PlayStation VR, a ton of demos. There's actually a huge number of demos and a lot of people probably aren't aware of it. We have it all ranked uh, Quest, free games for Quest, free games for Vive. So be sure to check that out. And also just because I do have this larger audience on MRTV, um, if you guys do check that out and you're like, hey, you don't have this free game, email it to me, info at vrgamerankings.com because I do want to improve the free game lists and have like the best good free stuff that's out there. So it's an easy place for people to find it. So did that a little bit. As far as gaming, I've been playing Wraith the Oblivion Afterlife. That's ah. basically been my go-to game over the last couple of weeks. And the reason why is because like I was a huge Apex Construct guy. I thought that game was really underrated. I, I remember playing it when it first hit PlayStation VR, and then it got ported to PC VR later. And then I thought the Quest version on the Quest launch, I thought that version was freaking really, really good. I thought they did a great job with that. And so with Wraith the Oblivion Afterlife, I was like, hell yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this because... I feel like this is the next really big game for them. They did some other stuff. They helped out with budget cuts, too, uh, with Neat Corporation. Of course, they also had the Curious Tale of the Stolen Pets. So they did some other things. But I really believe, like, the prime development team, like, moved from Apex to Wraith. And so this was the next big thing. I've been playing it, and it's a mixed bag. I, I wish I could come on here and say... It is absolutely incredible. This is the next Apex Construct, but for horror, and it was done so. It's, it's a the thing that I'll say about Wraith the Oblivion Afterlife is it does feel like a full fledged thing. And if you're on the quest, there's a lot of games that are very, um, you know, it's like quick bang, quick action, and and like a deep, involving game that lasts a long time. I feel like this is kind of like that on the quest, which is kind of cool. I, I haven't played the PC version yet of it, but I heard that this is a bit of a questicle. So when I, I call these games questicles, where <laughs> it's basically a quest game that was slightly it, enhanced for is PC. Is it standalone stand as well then, Anthony? I didn't realize it's a Yeah, standalone. yeah, this is, I'm playing, I'm playing it on the quest and I'm actually playing it on my quest one uh, just because I happen to have it on the Quest One, but you know the black levels of the this is a horror game, and there's a lot of yeah. dark scenes, and the black levels, you know, there there is something to that OLED, you know, and we're going to be getting into all kinds of VR screens, I'm sure, shortly. So <laughs> plenty to talk about there, but but yeah, Wraith, it's a mixed bag. I still feel like there's a you know, it, it reminds me of Wilson's heart to some degree. It reminds me a little bit of the Invisible Hours. Starts off incredibly slow. Um, 
it, it's almost like a walking simulator in the beginning. Really good sound design. Really amazing sound design. I feel like there's a lot of backtracking, though, and I'm kind of lost in the game a little bit. Like, like I'm kind of stuck in the game. But I'm enjoying it. I continue to bang away at it. I still think it's a quality game, but I don't know that it's one of these like elite games that we need to run out and buy immediately. So it might be one to look for in a future discount or something. Cool. All right. That is your week? Yeah, that's pretty much what okay. I've been doing in VR lately, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, so first of all, just reading the chat, I found out that I was streaming this show to the wrong stream. <laughs> so unfortunately, if somebody's waiting in the actual uh, Next Dimension podcast stream, then they will not see this video, which is unfortunate. So if people are watching this here right now live, then please tell the other people to come here. And I'm sorry for that little mistake that I did here while streaming. Yeah, this can happen. This can happen. Sorry about that. It's, at least you know it's live. <laughs> yeah, at least we're live. At least we are live. And people did. some people did find this, even though this is now... Oh, man. It's, it's 30, yeah, it's 34 people waiting. I yeah, wish right. I could tell them. Get either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If somebody's watching that, please uh, tell Paradise added a link. <laughs> yeah, right. There. Okay, yeah. perfect. Yeah, right. So hopefully everybody was going to find that stream. And oh, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, now they're coming over. Perfect. So, yeah, what did I do? So... I um, other than watching football and see my team win, which which was like uh, the highlight. I was also playing some uh, actually Quest Two as well. <laughs> yeah, I also really like the headset. <laughs> of course, it is a great headset, and I was playing Demio again or Demio, however this uh, I should call it. It's really a fantastic game. You can just sink so many hours into it, and um, yeah, it's it's simply it's simply a great game. I'm sure I'm going to spend more and more hours in it. Other than that, uh, lots of behind-the-scenes work. As you know, probably I'm doing this um, startup pitch event, which is all in virtual reality, called Pitch MRTV. So I'm now uh, working behind the scenes on setting things up that everything works in virtual reality, finding the right startups to pitch. And yeah, this is going to happen next week on my channel and also during the XR week again. So if you want to watch it, then uh, yeah, get a ticket for, for XR Week or simply watch my channel. I believe that, yeah, shining a light on those startups who put everything, put all the time into VR or AR to put it, to make it bigger is exciting. And I'm so looking forward to show you some of the startups that have applied here for Pitch MRTV. So yeah, that is basically what I was doing most of the most of the time. So not many videos. And then of course, of course, I did videos about the ViveCon, right? So directly at 6 p.m. Um, uh, like um, Central European time when the show started in Beijing, I think, I already gave all the news out. So if you were watching my channel, then you got all the news first and didn't have to sit through the whole ViveCon. <laughs> I think that was very useful for, for lots of people. And then I did videos about, okay, is the Vive Pro 2 the, the index killer? <laughs> is the Focus 3 probably the Quest 2 killer for business applications? Yeah, we're going to talk about all of that today. Yeah, so that was my week. That was my week. And now we're going to talk about... We're going to talk about our first topic. And the first topic is the Pico Neo 3 headset. So let me just share my screen so that everyone can see it and see how the Pico Neo 3 looks like. So 
The Pico Neo 3 is a headset from Chinese manufacturer Pico. It is the successor of the Pico Neo 2, and at least for China, for the Chinese market, this headset is actually aimed at consumers. So this is basically a quest to copy. It has also the XR2 chipset. It is a standalone headset. It has two controllers, which are very similar to the Oculus Touch controllers. It has the same screen resolution of 3,000, oh, now I have to find it again, where was it? 3,664 times 1,920 um, pixels. And this is only one screen, just the same like the Quest. You also have this kind of three different positions for the IPD and you also set the IPD via the lenses. So exactly the same thing. The only difference that I could tell is that the battery actually is in the back of the device. So this should help with a more balanced kind of feeling. Also, another difference is that when you connect this via cable to your PC, you would connect it via DisplayPort. So this is an actual DisplayPort and you get the full resolution when you use this as a PC VR headset. And I believe that is pretty exciting because you don't have any kind of compression going on if you directly connect it to DisplayPort. So that is pretty cool. Also, it can do um, over Wi-Fi. It can stream Steam VR over Wi-Fi and also it has Cloud XR built in, which means like if you want to do something like Plutosphere that I told you last week about, it totally blew me away. Like streaming your Steam VR content from the cloud, this will also work with this headset. Now in China, this is coming out for $390. $420 and $470, so, so there are three different kind of versions of this headset. But this version for consumers is not coming to, to us, to the Western markets. For us, we're going to get the Pico Neo 3 Pro and the Pico Neo 3 Pro i, which comes with eye tracking, and these headsets will cost enterprises $699 and $899 respectively. Yeah, so actually a pretty interesting headset, basically a uh, <laughs> Quest 2 copy with some bells and whistles. So I would like to ask probably Anthony first, what are your thoughts about this headset? Yeah, so um, I've seen some of the various trailers and stuff on the headset. And the most interesting thing to me is just like seeing their store the store that they have for it and seeing all the quest games that are on their store because it's definitely that that's what's um it's going to be a trend of course and in, in a lot of these standalone headsets that we're going to be talking about they're all going to have an xr2 they're all running android and so what that means is all these developers that have spent all this time and effort making a game for the oculus quest maybe not getting on the store officially. Maybe they do get on the store officially. And then, of course, we have App Lab. But now there's this other viable option where they can bring their game to this headset that is going to be basically the Quest 2 of China. And what I'm curious about is, like, piracy and stuff like that. Um, are these developers actually... Like, what happens in China when they sell these headsets? Do people really... 
Um, is there easy ways to pirate this software and stuff? Are these developers like super hot, the super hot team? They put this game on the Pico Neo 3. Are they really going to get revenues for like every copy that's sold in that Chinese market? But I'm just kind of interested in this in terms of like the actual headset and what it means for us here in the USA. The problem is, will we ever have a viable competitor in the Western market? Basically, I'm saying North America and Europe. In North America and Europe, will we ever have a legitimate I mean, eventually we have to, of course, but I feel like it's years away. And so I don't see these as viable competitors, but it's interesting. It's it's very copycat-ish how mm-hmm. much of this is like completely copied from Oculus, the three different adjustments and everything. It's like so copied, <laughs> right. it's almost yeah, it, like It looks so different though, that black and the white, you know, you can hardly yeah, tell. Yeah. <laughs> and the little vent on the front and all that. But yeah, it's it's cool. I mean, I, I think um, it's great for the Chinese market. They need to have a Quest 2 over there, and they don't have one officially. So, I, oh, another thing I'm curious too, Sebastian, I know like you can speak Mandarin and all this stuff. People yeah. living in China, I'm just wondering, people living in China, can they import a quest to somehow or is it like totally freaking illegal and they would get like seriously in trouble to have a quest to in china somehow yeah i i don't think they could actually use it probably they could get it somehow but well you know the internet is not free so they cannot access facebook and as we all know we need a facebook account <laughs> to use the quest Two. so then you have it right <laughs> you can't actually use it so the quest Two, it it, it doesn't make sense in China. It's not there. It is You cannot use it. So therefore, well, the Pico Neo 3 is there and people will buy this one for sure, right? It's it's a, really, just as you said, it's very copycat-ish, right? It is basically the Quest 2 with the same LCD panel, everything the same, but actually the battery in the back, which is nicer. So that for sure will, uh, yeah, will make people buy it because they want this kind of headset. They want, of course, a standalone headset like that. So, Steve, uh, what are your thoughts about it? Do you have any thoughts about it? Is it something yeah, probably sure, that yeah. you would import I- even if you if you were able to? Or what are your thoughts? It's, it's funny because I don't want to sound rude, but... When I first, you know, uh, was aware of this headset, I just kind of thought it's a cheap knockoff version of the Quest, but it really isn't. When I've, I've been looking into it today, and I've got to seriously ask myself, if I had a choice not now, say I didn't have this Quest 2 and I was looking and I was able to get one, and I'm going to think more about the Pro version because that's going to be available in Europe at some point, isn't it? Yeah, right. So I'll be thinking, would I go for a Quest 2 uh, or would I go for the Pro version? And, you know, that extra bit of money... Well, the first obvious thing for me is, and it's, it's obvious, is that the fact that you, know, you don't have to have a Facebook login, okay? That's massive. Of course, that's a huge thing. For me personally, I've never been that bothered about that, but I know that's a huge deal for a lot of people. Uh, but I think for me, more than anything else, is the Pro version does have that uh, display port and, uh, and like an NVIDIA Direct mode. So it's got that DVI port. That is something I've just been harping on about for ages. So to be able to... Uh, as far as I understand it, be able to play it like a proper PC VR headset. Right, right. And then, and then go downstairs and then, you know, or go wherever, go to your friend's house or whatever, and then play a game standalone. That's, uh, that, that to me, that, that mm-hmm. is the big selling point. And I would, 
if I didn't have a Quest now and I was able to get my hands on one of these, I probably would buy that over this for those two reasons alone. Uh, but uh, what about this? Wait, that's it's interesting you bring that up. A lot of people do want to ditch Facebook. You know, they want to get away from that. But what I want to know uh, from these people is like, oh, yeah, but when Resident Evil 4 VR comes out and, you know, when all these games come out, you're not playing those games. They're not yeah, going to be on the quest unless you can somehow hack your way through or whatever. But then if you're doing that, you know, is, there's I mean, going to be. Is it 400 games on launch that they're going to include? I think yeah, I heard right. that's, somewhere, that's, that's which what is said. A, mo- a lot better than what they did uh, with the first uh, iteration of it. So that so that they they know where they need to improve. I think, and that's a great start. I've got to say. Yeah, actually, uh, their lineup really does seem to be very solid, right? There are games that we know that we play, Synth Riders, and so on and so forth. So lots of games are coming to the Pico. And I believe that is really the pathway for Western developers to get to the Chinese market. And the Chinese market is huge, right? It's, it's going to sell it's, like hot, it's hot com- cakes, isn't it? Yeah, it's it combined. Really it's, com- it's the U.S. market combined with all of the European market and then some. And that is truly remarkable. So, um, Anthony, you just um, asked, like, okay, do the Chinese people, will they actually buy something? <laughs> So yeah. Well, I mean, I I don't mean to say it that way, but no, no, I but mean it, they have. But they have a, a problem. History, right? They do have. Yeah. They do have a problem of uh, piracy, and uh, I I I'm also not so aware of the Chinese market. How is it going to work out? But probably there is going to be some piracy. There is there has been piracy for lots of different kind of things, right? In in China, it's kind of normal. But I also think that people are going to buy uh, from that market from that. Pico market, why not? Or probably they will have some some other business models. In China, what always works really well is actually advertisement ads. Since there's so many people, right? There's so many people who are going to watch ads somehow. So probably they can find some other business model. So with that, I'm not exactly sure how it's going to happen. But I believe there are people who are willing to pay for games. <laughs> just yeah. as in the West. So I believe that this is a very interesting revenue um, source for developers who are on the quest already, but who now want to get to the Chinese market or probably for companies who did not get to the quest store and now can try the Chinese market as well. So I think this is pretty interesting. Now, what I think also, this device costs $699 for the for the Pico Neo 3 Pro, the version that comes to the US and to Europe and to all the Western markets for business. And that is really, really a good price because that is $100 cheaper than the business quest. The business quest costs $799. So this is a subscription as well. Exactly. 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 This is so this is $100 cheaper than the business quest 2. And then there's no yearly fee. For Facebook, there is a yearly fee of like $150 that business owners have to pay for every single quest they buy, right? So that's like um, that's like lots of money. It will add up the more quests to you buy, right? So actually, this is kind of a no-brainer for business, for companies. Of course, they now have another great option, right? The Focus 3. We're going to talk about that later. But I really believe they do have a very exciting headset there. I like 
that it can connect to the PC using DisplayPort. That's something that the Quest 2 cannot, right? And it loses quality because of the compression that has to be done for the USB port, so that is cool. Then it has Cloud XR, which is huge actually. So last week I told everyone here on the podcast that I have this Plutosphere account that I'm totally blown away by. It's fantastic. I can play all of my Steam VR games without having my own gaming PC here, and it does feel as if I had my own gaming PC here, streaming it using AirLink or virtual desktop. It is so good. And um, yeah, I wish Gary would, would be here because he also got the Plutosphere account now. And What's... he made a video about it. Please check out his video, Immersed Robot. The link is down in the description of this video. And uh, yeah, he was also just as shocked as me how well Plutosphere works. So he also thinks like, wow, that's crazy. It just feels like I'm playing it locally. So this device now allows Cloud XR directly from the start. So this is something that the Quest 2 does not allow. You know, for the Quest 2, they said, Facebook said, no, we're not allowing any kind of cloud streaming on our stores and also not on App Lab because... Yeah, well, they are working on it for, for, their own, for their own cloud streaming, right? That makes sense. But, so this, this Pico Neo 2 can do it already. So I really think probably for some people, it might be an amazing choice to even import it from China. I'm sure you will be able to buy it from Alibaba or whatever, AliExpress and Gearbest, whatever. Probably it's going to cost a bit more than the... Quest 2, but for all the people who want to play PC VR games, like uh, wirelessly, this might be an option. What do you think? You are the two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, one other thing too, though, is like if you are going to be playing the games that they have, right? Like the different, like if there's population one on this thing, like how many people are going to be in those servers compared to like a Quest server? Right. So that's going to be a thing to think about as well. But I, I like right. the fact that it's coming and um, and it is great. Oh, actually, a, a question that I have is one of the things that Oculus has dropped the ball here in North America and world worldwide is VR arcades. I know VR arcades have kind of like died a little bit, but they're eventually going to come back. Right. Every, you know, eventually VR arcades are going to be a thing again. And if this I wonder if this company is going to be able to work out a thing where uh, if you have a VR arcade in the USA, you could buy a whole bunch of these things. It could tie into their store. Now, that's where you get into some weird licensing, though, because that stuff is licensed for the Chinese market. Right. So I don't know how all that would work. Um, but if it could work, that could be a way to have... Uh, standalone headsets in VR arcades and actually be able to play games that are quest type games and to be able to do that because right now it's impossible to do that if you're doing that you're it's being done illegally it's definitely I, illegal. I presume you can then um, uh, use revive with the Pico can you yeah, you, for yeah? Sure. so you can stream so you, 
your Steam VR stuff, your PC stuff. So you're not really going to miss out on anything, really. Yeah, uh, but you're going think. to miss the the Quest Two um, only games, though. The standalone, the, yeah, the standalone ones, yeah. But like Anthony, Resident Evil Four yeah, VR, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's that's for sure. Street, actually. Yeah, but Maybe, for those, yeah. but for those VR arcades, they could probably use that device just to have a wireless headset that can stream Steam VR, and it does it out of the box. You can uh, probably get it for um, $390 if you import it from China. Or, of course, you get the $699 Pro version. And I do believe they are going to sell quite a lot of these headsets. So I know here from, from the enterprise market in Europe that companies actually want to use these devices. They don't want nothing to do with Facebook. They, they, they want to have something different. And they can get it from, from Pico. And the Pico Neo 2 was great, but it didn't have the XR2 chipset. This has it now. So I think this is a pretty interesting device. And I, uh, of course, I'm going to try to get my hands on it as soon as possible, importing it somehow from China. And uh, yeah, checking it out. So interesting. Good to have some competition. And uh, interesting to see that this is actually huge on the Chinese market. And it's not so expensive. It's uh, 2,500 um, RMB, the Chinese currency, UN, and that is like 320 euro and $390. So it's not like so overpriced as com compared to others yeah. right? without forcing you to, to use the Facebook login, right? I think if I, to be honest, I'm quite sold on this, actually. If, if I just had one headset, because I, I usually have the reverb for high-end PC and flight sims and then the Quest 2 for all the other stuff. But if I just had one headset, this would be a better option for me. Yeah. Because then I'd have true standalone experiences, but also I'd be able to be properly tethered to the computer as well. And then um, and the resolution's higher than the Quest 2. No, it's it, the same. Well. It's exactly yeah, the it's same not, resolution. It, Oh, is the same, is it? Okay. It's exactly the same. It's uh, probably exactly the same cents. panel, probably. It's exactly the same. Yeah. Everything's very similar. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. There's something about it. I, yeah. I think the Pro version in particular, is, uh, it's got a nice... I'm just interested to see what the actual software is like on the device itself and how that stacks up. Because Oculus... They're just the best at all that kind right, of stuff. Right, right. You know? So, so I'll be, I'm interested in that side of things as well. Actually, um, you know, I have the Pico Neo 2 here in the office. And um, the software is is pretty nice. It's pretty polished. Probably not exactly the same polished as Oculus, but very close. And again, it feels like very copycatish because everything is the same. Like the setup of the Guardian, you know, you also like paint around you everything is one does it work as well it though? works it works it, it works it works just as well so they did a pretty good job here copycatting that so yeah that is one thing you know what's going to be interesting though like you mentioned the guardian right right it's going to be interesting when some of these offshoot companies that have these headsets and they're starting to do this stuff like they might start doing their guardians a little bit different, you know. Maybe they'll allow you to somehow have your ceiling fan uh, <laughs> accounted for. I, I'm serious. I, yeah. I think some of these other companies are gonna like, like when we get to. Well, let's wait. We'll wait. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wait lots for the of, next headset. Exactly. Lots of headsets to talk about. Yeah, anyways, the Pico Neo 3 seems pretty interesting. I believe it might be it might be very interesting for some companies like Plutosphere. Probably they could work together with Pico to to sell the the Pico Neo 3 also to consumers in the West. 
together with their Plutosphere account because, well, it's it's made for um, CloudXR streaming and CloudXR streaming, it works crazily well. So watch Gary's video on that. Again, the link is down in the description to Immersed Robot, his, um, his YouTube channel. And there he made a video about Plutosphere. I haven't done it yet because I'm doing all these other things right now. But CloudXR is without a doubt the future. We're going to stream everything from the cloud. I said it here again. It's, it's funny, you know, <laughs> it's ironic how the copycats are copying the copycats. Like, you know, because Facebook obviously copied virtual desktop anyway. So it's always like, uh, they, you know, they get, they're kind of getting their own yeah. back now a little bit with this uh, new device. A bit, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Let's see. So, yeah, I think Pico, it makes sense for Pico to not compete in the West with a store, right? Because it's tough to compete against Facebook. So for them, it makes sense to, to like, um, concentrate on the Chinese market. Or do you think that they would have any chance to compete in the West, Anthony? No, I mean, not really. Because uh, like we said, I mean, even behemoth companies competing in the West, the barrier to entry is so incredible in the standalone market that it's just like you've got to have an incredible war chest of money and you're going to be entering a bloodbath. Right. You'd have to, yeah, you'd have to sell a headset for like 200 pounds, 250 pounds with the same features of the Quest. No one's going to do that. Yep, it's kind of tough. It's kind of tough to do so. But, well, I must say, like in the smartphone market, Chinese companies do compete even on price, right? Like the, the Xiaomi headsets, uh, phones, or what else is there? Like um, um, Oppo. or So they, they do have some nice tech there, and they also start to compete in the West. I'm not sure about the States, but here in Europe, like the, the, the Xiaomi phones, they are very cheap and lots of people have them. Is it the same in the US, um, Anthony, with those phones? I don't really pay attention to that okay. market too okay. much, so yeah, yeah I right. can tell you. It's funny, yeah. actually. Do you know any of you guys know of a, a make called Qbot for phones? Uh, they like They copy Samsung all the time to completely the same specs, okay. uh, the same camera, and they sell it for like a hundred pounds, 120 pounds, uh, you know, like, and it's like an S10. And I had one of them phones once and it was amazing. It lasted for two years and it just would not die. And, you know, I'm really rough with, with uh, phones. They go everywhere with me. And, you know, it this kind of reminds me a little bit like that. And it didn't feel cheap. It felt really great. Yeah. Uh, I think the only thing that was crap with it was the Bluetooth. So that's just, you know, it was just brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, literally like a fraction of the price. It kind of reminds me of it in, well, I suppose not price point, but in terms of sort of what they're trying to do here. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, who knows? Probably there can be a competitor if if they um, have this nice, nice um, store with all the games that we also like. Of course, it's not going to be the same like the Quest store, right, with Resident Evil and stuff. But if they can have a competing price, who knows, probably they will join this market at one point. But now I think they're doing everything right not to compete directly. Yeah. Where, where are these uh, exclusive anyway? I haven't seen them yet. Have you? <laughs> oh, yeah, not, not yet, but they will come for sure. <laughs> well, it's, it's taken a while about it. <laughs> the Climb 2, you can only get it on an Oculus Quest. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, okay. So that is the Pico Neo 3 interesting device and now let's talk about some other interesting news about headsets we're going to talk now about the psvr2 so uh, upload vr and road to vr they both have an article about the rumors 
of the PSVR 2. And we have some specs here. So if these rumors are true, then we're going to have a 4.1 million pixels per eye resolution. That is 2000 times 2040 pixels per eye. That is at the moment nearly the highest resolution that we can get on, on a headset. The, no, the only headset that's out on the market right now and that is kind of mainstream is the Reverb G2 which has also this kind of a bit higher re resolution than this, but of course also the Vive Pro 2 has a higher resolution. Then for the first time for the PSVR, we're going to get an IPD adjustment dial. So we have two screens and these two screens you can move individually out of, of each other. And that is of course important for people who have like a small IPD or like Anthony, a big IPD. So this is something that you should be happy about, Anthony. Then we have eye tracking capable of foveated rendering. Also, of course, oh, wow. really pretty exciting because that means like you can like super sample very high. You can make this look incredibly crisp, even though probably your hardware starts to get older and older with the PS5 getting old in like, I don't know, three, four, five, six years, still probably you can get like an incredible resolution out of this because you don't have to render the whole picture, but just the place that you're looking at. Then it's USB-C tethered to the PS5, that one we knew already. It has inside out tracking, that one we knew already. And we have head mounted haptics. So probably we're going to, we're going to um, have a rumble in our heads next time we get shot in the head or we do um, anything related to our head and our head is touching anything. Very, very interesting. So I want to know from Anthony now. Anthony, I've watched one of your videos <laughs> oh, and you were kind of shitting on that specs. <laughs> I need to get my popcorn now. Yeah, okay, yeah. so. Oh, I uh, was like, well, okay, tell, yeah. tell us about it. <laughs> why are, why so are, I, I, yeah. I haven't done a video on like this new news that we just got in terms of the resolution I, I and like the head mounted haptics and the IPD adjustment and foveated rendering. I haven't done a video on that yet, okay. but I was on Twitter and I was saying, yeah, I was on Twitter, talking exactly. some yeah. smack on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And um, <laughs> yeah, so here's the thing. A lot of times when I first hear about something, I immediately zoom in on like, where is this falling short? Like, what did they do wrong here? Because for me, see, it goes back to the days of like all these different video game systems I've ever bought since the beginning of time. I've always been this early adopter guy buying a video game system the day it comes out. And when you get a brand new video game system and you bring it home and there's so much excitement, there's so much potential, you know, oh my God, anything is possible, right? Then when you start actually playing the games and you start realizing what's going on here, you realize, oh, there are limitations with this thing. And then it, it you know, you, you, you come to that realization. And I feel like with this headset here, a lot of people are, you know, heaping a ton of praise on this. Like, oh, this is fantastic. 2000 by 2040 per eye. This is pretty incredible, right? It's one of the highest resolutions out there. The only thing higher is HP Reverb G2 and these new headsets that we're going to be talking about a little bit later as well. And so that's really good, right? 
the point that I'm trying to make here is I'm holding Sony to a higher standard. The thing about PlayStation VR 2 that we've got to understand, Sony is in the only, they're the only ones that are in this situation where they're coming out with a headset that is essentially married to this other hardware and this other hardware has a life cycle of typically six years, six to seven year life cycle, That's right? Time. If we look at PlayStation 4, all we have to all I have to do is ask you this. Guys, do you think playing PSVR one right now is like really state of the art and awesome and everything? Do you feel like you're having like a current gen VR experience on PSVR one right now? And if we're honest with ourselves, no, PSVR one is not, you know, it's it's outdated, right? And I worry like this headset, when it comes out, it's going to be incredible. There's going to be some incredible games right at launch. It's going to have all that Sony flavor that we know and love. It's going to be awesome, right? So when this comes out later next year, awesome. Awesome in 2022 awesome in 2023 but i'm talking about like 2024 2025 2026 because this thing actually has to last that long that this is the flip side of the coin when you marry your product to a console this is the negative part that comes out where this thing is tied to that console. Everybody in the PSVR subreddit for years upon years have been saying, Sony, Sony, why don't you make new controllers? Why don't you make new controllers? Because that doesn't happen. You don't do that within a, a life cycle generation. You don't bifurcate your audience with two different headsets, two different controllers. You don't do that. You wait until the next generation, which means we would have to wait until the next PlayStation generation to finally get a follow-up to this headset. So this headset, Sony is in finally the most it has not even released yet. But but what I'm saying is Sony's in the most difficult, they're between a rock and a hard place because they have to create this headset that's going to be like future facing and lasting for extra additional years that none of the other manufacturers have to deal with. Only Sony has to deal right, with this. Right. And it's self-inflicted. They decided to do it. But they have to try to create something that is viable for these years. It's going to be great in 2022. It's going to be great in 2023. Get back to me in 2024. Okay. And also the foveated rendering thing. Like if you look at Twitter, right? I actually tweeted at John Carmack. And I, because this one guy, I forget, somebody hit me up and they were like, dude, dynamic foveated rendering is going to be the game changer for this thing. And I'm like, you know, every time Michael Abrash and John Carmack, talks about dynamic foveated rendering. If you listen to them like five years ago, very upbeat and excited about it. If you listen to John Carmack and Michael Abrash in the last two years, whenever they've mentioned this, the their voice, like their their voice changes. There's not the happiness. There's not the excitement anymore because they've seen it in the labs, the true reality with dynamic foveated rendering. It's this panacea that everybody thinks dynamic foveated rendering is going to completely save our industry. Good luck with that because it's never been proven. Like we don't have anything that does dynamic foveated rendering right now. And yeah, it but only works. But only because we don't have headsets now that come with eye tracking. So I, I still think this can make a difference. Also, 
I believe that even though, yes, you're right, Anthony, right now the PlayStation VR 1 is not state-of-the-art anymore, but still it has aged really well. I can still now really enjoy my PSVR 1 playing, for example, Hitman 3 or playing Farpoint. It's still like one of the best VR experiences that I can get. And the thing is, 2016... <laughs> PlayStation VR 1 has nailed it. They had an OLED screen with a three with a real RGB stripe matrix that no one else had and it still is really not bad looking right now. I can still play games without feeling like oh my god that is awful. And that's why I believe that yes for 2022 it will be good for probably 5 years because even now, the PlayStation VR 1, it has like a resolution of just full HD on one screen, right? That two eyes have to share, which is not a high resolution, but it still can be played right now. And this device has 2 times 2K per eye, and we don't even know yet if it's LCD or OLED. Probably they're, old. they're hitting us again with OLED screens that no one else has. So you might be blown but away they're with not that. Sure, but they're not competing in a vacuum, right? Like of they're course. not like don't don't we imagine? So if this thing does have this lifespan that we're talking about, it's got to be viable in 2022. It has to be viable in 2023. Yeah, right. It I has to be viable it, in 2024. So I'm just going to so, interrupt. Yeah, but please, during sorry, those sorry. years, during those years, Quest Three, Quest Four, and, and resolutions keep rising. Extra capabilities keep rising. Yeah, of course, of course. That is, of course, like an advantage of Quest, right? They can iterate like every year or every two, every two years they want to. But then they also want to be like um, compatible to the generation before. So like now the Quest 2, there's still lots of games that are like made for Quest 1. So I think this is like one point to keep in mind. Also, what 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 is really going to blow our minds away is this controller, so they are like innovating on that controller with that, with a trigger where you can feel different kind of um, trigger resistance, like you can do on the PlayStation uh, Five. And well, I have the PlayStation Five, and the one defining thing for the PlayStation Five for me is not the amazing graphics. I've seen amazing graphics on my on my PC before, right? But that controller, and to have that controller where you can feel the trigger resistance changing depending on the gun that you have, to have that in VR together with that amazing resolution of the G2, wow. And then even to have haptic feedback in the head that I don't believe others going to have so fast is incredible. And then you have um, developers that are specifically, specifically going to develop the games for this headset I believe that Sony really, really has a winner here in store. And I do believe this is going to be viable for the next, uh, I don't know, like four or five years. Because I believe with the, even with this resolution, we can't see any more screen door effect anymore. And if now Sony really like uh, hits it out of the ballpark and gives us this as an OLED panel, and I could really believe that they are the only company who does it. Wow, I believe that we're going to be blown away, not only next year, but for the next three, four, five years. Don't you think, Anthony? Well, why don't we why don't we hear what Steve has to say about all this? What do you think, yeah, Steve? Because right. I know you've been... Let's see what he has to say. No, it's, it's fine. I mean, really, 
I'm in an interesting position that you guys are so passionate about it from one's uh so I'm listening at both your points of view because I'm never gonna buy a PlayStation five anyway. Um which I know you don't believe it's fasting, but yeah, I'm not no, gonna, you're going to totally buy I, it. I think the foveated <laughs> rendering thing, that's actually surprised me that because uh, I'm I'm learning about this now <laughs> during this show. And I, I don't think in this case it's not touted as a feature. I think that's gonna save them in the next five years because I'm look I've just been as you were talking uh list looking at the specs of the playstation 5 it's not really that amazing really i mean it's powerful but in a few years time uh, if vr is going to continue at the pace it is going to at the moment it's going to struggle and foveated rendering will save that gpu so it'll be able to still play uh, the latest great games on you know the best graphics that it can possibly deliver because foveated rendering will if it does perform like it because like you say it's not totally proven yet but i think it is it is out there more in this sort of business sector and enterprise sector foveated render is a thing and pimax have shown that as well um and we've got dlss technology as well from nvidia coming through as well so i think uh, it's gonna need that foveated rendering uh to last five years six years even if that's the time before we get a playstation 6 that's a long time in 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 terms of vr and in the world of vr i think what we're going to have but in terms of the resolution though i think 4k is the sweet spot i don't think we should go any higher than that i've, I've always thought that's where pimax have gone uh, has gone a bit crazy <laughs> we don't need 8k we can't even run in fact i'm going to say this later on anyway but i think 4k I, i'm so pleased that they've got that display in that headset that's going to be beautiful and i think that's all we need really for, for at but the you could do well the thing about the resolution i mean we're definitely going to get into this about resolution is that, yeah, how do you run it? So, like, if you make this incredible 3,000 by 3,000 per eye, you know, that's great. But how are you going to drive that display? But what you can do is you can you can chop it in half and you can basically just double it. So it's almost like a faking, right? And one of the, one of the nice things of that is you will essentially eliminate screen door. It, you're faking it. It's not really 3,000 by 3,000 resolution, but you're, you're, you're eliminating screen door. And then also there's going to be things that don't require necessarily GPU power. Like, remember, we're eventually going to get into a world of volumetric video and light fields and things like that. And that stuff could definitely take advantage of that 3,000 by 3,000. Anything that is not like actually pushing the GPU, anything that's not rendered real time. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things here. I mean, look, I, I'm not, I don't want to go negative. The, the head-mounted haptics is a good idea. I think it's a great idea. I wonder how they're going to do this. You know, uh, I wonder if they'll have like like a slight rumble on this side of your temple and a slight rumble over there, you know, will they have it like, will there be sensors all along or, or some type of little um, rumble uh, motors, like in different parts of the headset for different rumbles in different areas. I also thought how awesome would this be guys, if you were playing half-life Alex, right. And you're in and half-life Alex, by the way, in related news could possibly be announced later this year for PlayStation VR 2. That's a Nostradamus Jr. special, but Gavin actually <laughs> already talked about it, kind of. So. But but um, let's say you're playing Half-Life Alex, right? And you're in the hotel sequence with those hairy freaking things that have the hairs. Wow. And imagine, you're, imagine you have a H, uh, uh, 
Imagine you have an HMD on your head that has these little tiny slits built inside it with little microfibers that would come out and tickle your forehead <laughs> right at the exact time. I love Dude, it. I would I love it. I, I want that. I want that. Yeah, I really also think that all this haptic, right? Also, also for feeling the trigger, and then together with that haptic for the head, and then it's also going to have some rumble. Everything together with that nice resolution. It's going to give us the best VR experience that we ever had. And Steve, you are going to <laughs> say, oh, Sebastian, you were right, man. I'm also going to buy that thing now. <laughs> if, if Microsoft Flight Simulator ever gets released on PlayStation 5, I'll be, I'll be the first. You will <laughs> totally get it, man. And you will get it. I'm pretty sure. Also, what um, we have to think about is the eye tracking. It's not only for 4 edit rendering, right? It's also really useful for lots of other things. Presence in VR, like social VR. If you meet somebody in VR, in social VR, I, I don't know, in Rec Room or in whatever um, social VR app. Poker Stars VR. Poker Stars yeah. VR. And then you can really see people like looking at you. And all the people who are going to have the PlayStation VR 2, they will have that feature. Right? If you meet somebody who's playing PlayStation, who's playing PC VR, you, you cannot be sure. Do they have like eye tracking, right? Or if somebody has a quest, quest two, they also won't have eye tracking. That is huge. That is really huge for VR. And Sony is one of the companies that I would feel like comfortable with introducing eye tracking. You know that on MRTV, I'm going to tell people, oh, Facebook has eye tracking for the for the Quest 2 Pro or the Quest 3. Be careful. They're going to totally look into your soul and steal it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is something that's going to be coming up on the channel. But you know, right, this is really, this is absolutely something that we have to talk about. For, for Facebook, yes, they're probably going to have eye tracking in the next headset, but I'm personally not comfortable with that. But for Sony, where their business model is 100% gaming, I feel kind of comfortable with that, right? Steve, you would agree with me here, right? That's better. Yeah, yeah I think that's going a bit too far with it, I must admit. You know, you have to be... Uh, sort of quite, you know, careful with what what you you know. The the Quest Two is great for what it is, but if it starts uh, <laughs> looking into your soul, oh my god, that's bad. No, <laughs> I don't know really. It's for me personally, like with mean, the privacy thing, like you know, I just think like if you're using a game, any game connected to the internet, then you have to realize that you're you're just not. It's not going to be private, is it? I mean, it's just not going to be. Whether it's Facebook or another company, you'd, I just think I'm a very private guy. And anything like that, uh, that's private in my life, I keep away from the, you know, I don't uh, I won't use um, the internet or connect to a wide, worldwide web for it. So I think there's always that that worry, no matter what headset, no matter what you're using, if you're, you know, connected to any device, any ecosystem, if you're connected, there's a chance you'll be hacked, uh, your data will be stolen. Yeah. It could happen with anything. Of really. course, but the one company is about like um, checking out your your data to sell it to um, advertisers, yeah, and the other company is not. So, well, there's a big difference. Uh, but I know that Anthony is part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm watching your videos, and you said in your last video, yeah, I don't think that Facebook can use any of the data. They cannot use it. Man, I totally disagree I don't, I don't with think you, man. Ready. I, I of really course, don't. they are ready. Why not? What, what well, is they missing? Have to, they have to declare it, though. What? GDPR is a massive thing these days, isn't it? They're not going to be able to get away with that. Yeah. Not in this day and age. Will they? Right. Really? No, I'm, I'm not sure. Actually, uh, I did. I'm sure you're. Yeah. 
your horrible dystopian future is absolutely coming. Like it definitely is coming. <laughs> I'm saying it's just not here yet. Logistically, like story. Imagine. Okay. So let's say you have this headset, right? And it can tell that you're looking over there and it realizes, oh my God, your eyes were really focused on that lady in the red dress for 7.9 seconds. Yeah. And the average that plays this game eyes are focused on that red dress for 4.3 seconds. Okay, we're going to put you in a special little group and we're going to track you that way. Like this dystopian future, yeah, it's definitely coming, but it's not here right now. They man, don't it's have the absolutely ability. possible, man. It's uh, absolutely possible. Man, believe me, I am an engineer. I know this. Yes. No, it's, it's possible in now. The future, yes. No, no, it's possible right now. For it's the easy. NSA, it's possible. Man, for it's, the NSA. Oh man, you know, you have no idea how. Yeah, you have no idea how powerful Facebook is and how powerful Google is and what kind of machine learning they are doing on data. They don't have to have people sitting there and looking at what your four cameras on your quest no, are doing. All that Everything is automated, man. Sent somewhere and saved somewhere. It is. And everything it is being stored. Man, man, Anthony, everything is being stored. Think about how, what kind of unbelievable kind of data Google is storing. All the videos from all the people that people are storing on their phones, it's going to photos at google.com, <laughs> right? Everything is being stored. It's not like, oh, we don't have enough um, space to store that. Everything is okay, being stored. Okay, we disagree. We yeah. disagree. We disagree. We disagree, and you're wrong. <laughs> That's the <Okay>. point. <laughs> no, this is the thing. Everything is being stored, and they don't even need to analyze it now. They can analyze it when they want to. That's the thing, you know? Probably they're not analyzing every single stream, but everything bet, is being I stored. I would bet a million, I would bet a hundred million dollars they're not storing any of that shit right now because they're not ready for it. Now, do they have plans to do exactly that no. and very important plans to do exactly that? Absolutely. I'm telling you, not they're, started right they're now. Storing, it's not happening. They're right storing now. everything that they can store because that is pure money in those data. Because they don't even have enough people on their platform yet to make it that freaking viable to be doing of, this. But of they're, course, they're waiting until they've got a hundred million people, dude. It's not no, happening. Man. I'm telling you, no, I'm your telling dystopian you, future no, will no. happen, though. It will. I'm, I'm, t I'm telling you, Anthony, you you're wrong with this. They are storing everything they can right now. I'm not saying that they're storing every single every single camera feed that's coming out there. No, I don't think so. But Whatever data they can store now that in the future will be useful for like uh, knowing you, for knowing what kind of size you are, what are your um, what are your movement patterns. Everything is being stored because that is simply pure money. That is simply pure revenue if they can sell a perfect it's profile of you. It's going to be unanimous. Unanimous. Sorry, if I say the word. So you know, they're not going to know it's actually you unless they actually give you a document, a contract to say yeah, this but, is what we're going to do with your data. But but you, of course, it's stored with your data because you are connecting your Facebook account, and your Facebook account is your it'd just, clear it'd be, name. It'd, it'd just be a series of numbers and dashes. No, and, no, no, no. It's, it's your account. No, 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 no. It's your account. They'll so, be doing I, it as soon as they're streaming <laughs> from the cloud. I bet you both I want of them to, will come simultaneously. <laughs> I want to. I want to ask the people who are watching this stream and who are watching this show or who are listening to it do, who do you think is right is it team Anthony or is it team Sebastian on that yeah. data so please comment on this video later 
Please write so Team Sebastian. Anthony. Team Anthony is like, oh, this yeah. is Groundhog Day, isn't it? <laughs> Team so Anthony. Sebastian is claiming that Facebook has terabytes and terabytes oh. of data about you were using your VR headset for 37 uh, oh, right. minutes of on course. a Sunday and it of happened course. to be raining that Sunday. Of course. terabytes of information about it that. Is. Right it now. is. Of course, it's because so that data, even though they are not like analyzing that data now, but at one point in the future, probably some some advertiser wants to know who is playing their quest on, on a sunshiny day or on a rainy day. And then they're going to analyze the data and going to find, oh, it's Anthony. Let's let's show him our advertisement, which is about like um, raincoats for Quest 2 so you can play it outside. <laughs> then they're going to monetize it. So it's, I don't say, okay, every single thing is analyzed now, but of course, all the data that they can store now, they will store now of all the people who are using the Quest 2. And it's that's, stored... a good that's a good point. What I think there's just... a, a switch that they're going to I'm going to interrupt. Yeah. What Blue, Blue Mamba just said there, I think sums it up. I don't care so much about if Google knows my favorite color. That's the point. This is just data. It's not really personal stuff. It's just the way that we uh, sort of our mannerisms, our sort of likes and dislikes. It's very, very fluffy stuff. It's not, it's not you know, really... It's, I don't really care if they know that, really, if I'm going to get, get to enjoy a Quest 2 for £300, as yeah, long as I don't come knocking people, up yeah. the door. I know, yeah, yeah. but more, for most people, it's like this. But, um, yeah, well, I still want to know what people think. Is it uh, Team Anthony? <laughs> is it Team Anthony? Like, oh, no, that is like the dystopian future. It, it cannot work now. Or do you think, like, okay, Team Sebastian, yeah, they are storing what they can store right now already because in the future they're going to analyze it and do well they will find out interesting things about you that they can monetize are you playing your quest at 3 a.m. At, at nights are you a night owl and can we can we can we show you some ads about things that you like to do at night or whatsoever <laughs> anthony believe me yeah. this is this can be done right now this is coming you're about to say this is coming and i'd no, be like yeah you're right now. it is this is now this is they are storing uh -huh. things now i feel like now. a crack of thunder should appear <laughs> like <that. laughs> yeah so so um we let our viewers and listeners decide are they on team sebastian or are they on team anthony or probably Team Steve. <laughs> Yay, I've had a few Team Steves in okay, there. Okay, but Thank wait. <laughs> Can we go back to Sony for a quick yeah, second? Yeah, of course. Just of because course. Um, one thing I did want to mention, uh, so earlier I was talking about the Pico 3, and, and I was saying how we're going to have these different companies that are going to tackle the idea of, like, guardians and, like, things entering your play space and, you know, things like that. And so Sony, with PlayStation VR 1, they didn't really have anything like that, you know what I mean? They didn't. They didn't have a guardian. They didn't have a, um, a chaperone system or anything because it was a front-facing, right. you know, camera, right. and and that's all they had. And so now that we're going to the world of inside-out tracking, I think this is going to be incredibly interesting to see. You know, do they actually give you more of a play space now that you know they're not? They're not limited to this front-facing idea, so there should be a guardian. So, may, will they think about things entering in your play space? Will they think about having like you be able to map your desk into your play space or a sofa or something like that? You know, um, I think it's kind of interesting if uh, they go down that road and, and what they do there. Right, right. It's going to be um, they have to be compare compare themselves, of course, with 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 Quest, right? Because they're doing an amazing job with that. So we will see how they're going to solve that one. 
Yeah, I'm excited about the PSVR 2. I can't wait for it to launch next year in November for the holidays, 2022. It's already, hopefully, we are all um, corona-free at that point, and that is just a distant memory. I really, I really, really hope that's going to happen. Yeah, so, um, Anthony, are you excited about the PSVR 2, and are you going to pick it up? See, I, I mean, I'm in a similar boat as Steve. Like, I want to go back to Steve. Steve, why are you not buying one? I mean, I, if I had to guess why you're not buying a PlayStation 5, my guess would be this. Money doesn't grow on trees, and that's $600 or whatever, right? So so now you're – or it's 500 or four, whatever it is, right? I don't even know because I don't even – because I'm not going there, so I don't know. But – what I mean is, Steve, you buy that and the headset. Let's say that's an $800 combination. Couldn't that $800 go nicely towards a 3090 or something that you're really going to oh, need yes. for these other headsets that you're getting that are really pushing it and they're going to the 3000 by 3000 resolution? Like, where do, pe where do people get all this money? That's what I want to know. Everybody buying PS5s and we don't even have headsets yet. Where For do me, you guys just, get this money? I just don't like accessories when it comes to VR. I want one device and it works and does everything it needs to do. And I think I'd have to buy a PlayStation 5, like Anthony said, even if I can find one. I guess stocks are easier now to find, which, you know, I mean, that's a lot of money in itself. And then I'd have to go and buy a VR uh, headset on top of that, which is another heap of money. And for what? I don't have enough. There's not enough compelling reason for me in terms of a game or a Uncharted sim. VR. Well, I've got Uncharted to say, VR. that is, I would love to, yeah, that would be amazing. Uh, Killzone VR. It would have to be a completely new ecosystem. Or a new, I don't know, dawn of, of games coming through for me to go, oh my God, that's coming out, that's coming out. Nephus B is coming out, blah, 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 you know, whatever, Far Cry, something. Uh, then I might possibly, but that's I don't that's not going to happen, is it? Let's be honest. It's, it's, there's going to be this crazy influx of games coming out for it for six months to a year, and I think it's going to peter off. I think we don't know. I think we don't know. Yeah, I, I do think I do think that that Sony should do a little bit of a better job, like bringing in their own IPs to VR. Exactly, Uncharted VR. Yeah. Why don't we have it? Why doesn't it appear? It makes so much sense. What about Killzone VR? It's it's an incredible franchise that would be perfect for VR. Right, we even had this this kill zone on the PS PS3 where you could use like 3D shutter glasses to have some kind of 3D experience. But with the PSVR 2, wow, what kind of an amazing lineup could they make? Think about it, kill zone VR. Even if Uncharted Microsoft VR. Flight Simulator was released, yeah, I was I would still buy it. I wouldn't because I like tweaking. I like to mess around. You know, a console you're very very limited. But you got much. a Quest, you, and that's yes, a console. Exactly. Oh, yeah, and, and you like it. That's exactly why, because when I'm fed up with tweaking and messing around and, and messing around my, my you know, gaming computer, I can just go to the Quest, put it on, get into a game within 30 seconds. I love that, and that's why I've got it. Uh, and that's the reason why I love it for what it is, really. Um, but if I was going to go the PlayStation route, you know, God. I'd it's because to... it's two items, right? You can't just go down to your local Target and buy one <laughs> magical box that you take home. Everything's in it. Yeah. Well, knows, probably before. there's going to be like the magic bundle, which has everything in it. And then, yeah, you'll probably like it. Yeah, but anyways, we are we are all VR enthusiasts. Like It's still great for VR, no matter what. It, you know, it's yeah. still great. But but then but then um, Steve and Anthony, um, I just want to ask you something like this. So we are all VR enthusiasts, and honestly, like I personally, I, I love it when when then when there's a spec bump. Whenever I see a little less of screen or effect or something new is coming up, but now with this, 
you're going to have these incredible triggers. It does feel incredibly amazing and it's just a, a game changer, even for 2D games. Right, to have that in VR, you have that other weapon and you can feel the trigger feels different on this weapon and on that weapon. And then you are being shot and you feel it in the head. And then you have that beautiful graphics because the PS5 can give you that PC VR graphics even better because of the Fovid rendering. Wouldn't that be a compelling reason if you can really get a more immersive feeling for your games? To finally feel what it's like to be shot in the head. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it's worth it for that. <laughs> right? Or to be smacked in the head with a bat. <laughs> to be smacked in the head. and Yeah, and just to, oh, totally to touch wicked. stuff and something feels spongy and some other things won't. And it's going to be so exciting. That's what I believe right now in my fantasy. In my VR fantasy, I'm super happy on the cloud jumping <laughs> with a headset on. <laughs> For so, me, yeah. For me, it's 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 dollars and cents, man. Because I got to imagine myself going to an yeah. ATM and, and putting in. I mean, like I'm an old fashioned guy, so I'm probably gonna get cash money and take it to GameStop <laughs> and buy a physical item, right? I'm not gonna order, it. but it's just this idea of like going to my ATM and be like, yeah, I want to withdraw nine hundred dollars, <laughs> man, because right. I don't have a PlayStation Five. So this purchase for me. Is gonna like with tax and everything, you're talking 900 bangers. And I gotta think to myself, Farpoint 2 by Impulse Gear. Oh no, they're making uh, Larsenots or whatever. Yeah. So I guess we won't have Farpoint 2, but like Astrobot, the next generation on PS5, is, is that gonna make me spend $900? The thing is, I'm gonna be also playing. PC VR games at this same time. Maybe Quest Pro came out a month before PSVR 2. I'll be playing Quest Pro, super high res, bro. Uh, freaking uh, spatial analysis and everything. <laughs> I mean, we just, it's, this is a moving world. It's a moving world. It's a moving target. That's why I believe it's very... I mean, look, I'm excited. Sony's going to have great studios. They have incredible studios. But you guys mentioned, I mean, we were talking about Uncharted for a second there. And honestly, they really do need to bite the bullet and take one of the best developers they got. Who's the developers that made Infamous? Is it like Sucker Punch or something? You know, that studio yeah. that they had that made Infamous? Like, they need to take one of their interior developers and say, look, we just want you guys to bang for four years on an incredible VR game. And this is completely secret. No one knows about it. It'd have to already be like three years in development practically. But they need to do something like that. Oculus needs to do the same thing with the Quest. We need a $30 million Quest game. These companies need to step up to the plate and get their real freaking talent. And like people will say, oh, they'll never do that when they can make a hundred, they can make three hundred dollar million, three hundred million more if they sell to flat gamers. There's just no market for VR to do. But sometimes you got to bite the bullet for the future of the industry going forward. Yeah. You know, you sacrifice Agreed. one of your amazing studios for a couple years. Yeah, and wow, we totally agree on that point. <laughs> so, that, so that's Yay. good. Yeah, we we need we I agree. We really need these IPs in VR, really, but because that's going to suck in more people, and that is how you also sell that $900. If, if there's an unbelievably amazing Killzone VR 
or an unbelievably Grand amazing Theft Auto 6. Grand Theft Auto Grand 6, Theft Auto 6, 6 or, or Uncharted VR, and it's it's going Bioshock. to blow your mind, and all that rumble feature of your head is being used in a way that will simply blow your mind away. Probably you'll also withdraw that 900 uh, Bacarinos. <laughs> 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 and then go to your GameStop. And How much yeah. is a, a like PlayStation game anyway? They're quite. Are they about fifty, fifty pounds, forty, fifty pounds? Are they? These? Because they're quite expensive. Ninety-nine, sixty yeah. bucks, basically yeah, for yeah. a big one. Right, so they're right. more money than a PC game as well. Just thought I'd throw that one out there. So your yeah, nine hundred right. pounds will end up coming a thousand quid before you know it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just, it's a lot. It's a lot of investment. It, of course. But GTA, I also think GTA 6 in VR. Oh my God, Sven! Could be. If that came out in play, PlayStation 5 GTA 6, which is not gonna exclusive. Happen, yeah, you'd exclusive, have to do yeah. it. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to eat my quest for that one. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Also, also probably, lots of people are already going to have a PlayStation 5 and not going to buy it for the PSVR 2. Right? The PlayStation 5 is a very nice um, console. Not easy to get. But at one point, it will, it will hopefully be available for everyone, and then people are going to have it, and and it's like a purchase on its own. And then when the PSVR comes, if you're a flat on, gamer, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if, you're, if, if you if you want to play flat, yeah, if you're a flat gamer. But if you're a VR enthusiast, you are going to get the PS5 for the PSVR too. That's at least what I did. Yeah, I think many people are going to do that. I have the feeling. Well, you're baller status. MRT. Yeah, right. I'm, going, I'm buying anything for in that. Of course, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Anyways, PSVR two. Wow. Let's see what happens. I'm really excited about the PlayStation VR two because of all these exciting features that's going to have, and I believe it's going to give us a super super immersive experience. And I am so so looking forward. To November 2022. You know, the November thing was, uh, I just threw that out there in a tweet. Like, that hasn't been officially announced. <laughs> and uh, yeah. it could be spring. Like, maybe. I mean, maybe spring, I hope maybe so. summer. It can't be but, too much later if no, it's going to last yeah. six years. Yeah, right. But I do believe it, it should be November because in spring, they are probably still fighting the PS5 shortage. Right? They, they first okay. have to get this in order. They first have to sell so many PS5 that they're already reaching that that mass market um, standard where everyone who wants it can get it. I think it just then makes it sense to sell the PSVR 2. So that November 2020 does make sense. Yeah, right. That's the PlayStation VR 2. Now, if you don't want to say any, anything more about the PlayStation VR 2, we gain, we're getting to our next topic. And that next topic is ViveCon 2022, 2021, and the new PC VR and standalone headsets that HTC did now finally announce. And those two headsets are the play, not the PlayStation, the HTC Vive <laughs> Pro 2 and the Vive um, Focus 3. So let's start with the Vive Pro 2. That is probably a headset that is more interesting for us consumers for us enthusiasts and let's have a look at the specs here so the playstation oh no forget it i'm, I'm too <laughs> in the playstation but no. so the vive let it go let it go, sir. Let it go yeah <laughs> the, vive, the vive pro 2 is very obviously the successor of the vive pro so it seems like they completely let the cosmos go and that is already i believe a good choice because the cosmos 
was really not a great headset. It was not successful. It has all these flaws. So now they're going back to the Pro series. And now the Pro 2 is the successor of the Vive Pro 1. And it basically looks just exactly like the place, like the Vive Pro 1. Just the, the color scheme is a bit different. So the Vive Pro 1 was all bluish. But now this headset is like uh, black and it does have some, some blue color as well. So it's, it's a mix between the original Vive and the Vive Pro in terms of the design. But overall, it's simply like the Vive Pro. In terms of specs, something did change. And actually, this is a nice spec bump. We now have a resolution of 2448 by 2448 pixels per eye. So this is more than the HP Reverb G2 has. And this should be a really, really very crisp picture. I'm looking very much forward to try it out. We have a refresh rate of 90 and 120 hertz. That is also a step up from the original Pro, which could only do 90 hertz, but it is not as much as the Valve Index can do. The Valve Index can do 144 hertz. For the lenses, we have dual element Fresnel lenses, just like the Valve Index. And therefore, we also have a higher field of view as compared to the Vive Pro. Now we have a field of view of 120 degrees horizontal. Now that actually is pretty interesting. And I did ask the HTC um, president of Europe here, Mr. Wheeler, is it really horizontal? Because I couldn't quite believe it because the Valve Index has a horizontal FOV that I measured of around 108. So if this is truly 120 degrees horizontal, this means that this Vive Pro 2 has a way bigger FOV than the Valve Index, which of course I would applaud. But at this point, I still can't quite believe it until I put it on my head and check it out by myself and measure it by myself. But HTC did say it's horizontal, so that would, that would be a very nice surprise because your Quest 2 has around 90 degrees horizontal. And that would be like a really, really big difference. Then for um, optical adjustment, it has IPD adjustment, real IPD adjustment, granular. So not like one, two, not three positions like the Quest 2, but just like the G2 and the Index, it has granular real IPD adjustment because it's two displays. Then for the connection, yeah, USB 3 and DisplayPort 1.2. And that is also interesting, DisplayPort, DisplayPort 1.2. And it's um, this is not a new standard. This is kind of old. This is just the same like the Vive Pro was using. And the interesting thing is they have some kind of new display stream compression going that they were developing together with NVIDIA and AMD. And they told me this compression is so fantastic and that's why they can use this old standard and people don't really have the need to upgrade the graphics card because even the graphics card that could run the Vive Pro, even this graphics card, with this graphics card, they can use the Vive Pro 2 and have a really fantastic picture quality. No so, chance. So, so <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we're going to talk about this in a moment. So this kind of, this, this some kind of nice compression, of course, we need to first check it out and really see, is it really good? 
But um, yeah, that might be good news for people who cannot get the whole of a like 3070, 3080, or 3090. Yeah, cable length 5 meters. It has SteamVR tracking 1.0 and 2.0. So for all people who are not happy with the Reverb G2 tracking, probably they could look at the Vive Pro 2 to get to the SteamVR tracking. For the controllers, they did not invent new controllers. If you don't have the Valve Index controllers, then you need to get the Vive One controllers. And that's a package they are selling for $1,399. Then it comes with the Vive One controllers and um, yeah, and, and the base stations. It has on-ear headphones. I believe it's the same like the Vive Pro. Uh, and it has a dual microphone, hopefully not the same one like the Vive Pro. And pass through. So this device is going to set us back $799 and 799 euros if you're in Europe. That's including tax, at least for Europe. I'm not sure about the States, probably not. I think those um, prices are always excluding tax. Um, and if you order this before the 31st of May, you're going to get a $50 voucher in the US and a 60 euro voucher in Europe. So I can pick this up for 739 euros here in good old Germany. And actually, I did order it already. So I want to know from you, Steve, what are your thoughts about the Vive Pro 2? Is it probably an interesting upgrade for you as a Reverb G2 user? Right. Well, there's actually two ways of looking at this. Okay. It's not an easy one. Uh, but from my own personal point of view, okay, and that's what I'm going to uh, start with first. As a Reverb G2 owner, and what I, how I use the Reverb G2, I feel that this is not a substantial sort of tempting upgrade for me at all. That's the nicest way I can put it. <laughs> because, right, first of all, I've never owned a HTC headset, so I don't have any base stations, okay? So I'll have to buy them. And I'll have to buy the 2.0 ones, uh, obviously, because they're the best ones. So that's a load of heap of cash. And then I'll have to buy the no. controls as well. Let me just, just go in there. Yeah. You don't need to get the 2.0 ones. The 1.0 ones are just as good, and they're even not as loud as the 2.0 ones. How much are they? And also, you don't need the 2.0 ones because you don't have a 10 by 10 meters place base. <laughs> so 1.0 would be totally fine. <laughs> but keep on going, please. Yeah, but, yeah, but basically all in it's going to cost about £1,300. Yeah. Um, so that's where I'm going with it, really. And that right. is like half uh, sorry twice the price of a reverb g2 right. and what am i get what am i getting for that person i'm getting a slightly better high resolution display which is great i'm so pleased they've gone for that they had to they had to do that anyway but it's draped over a, a slightly well maybe even quite a substantial horizontal field of view of 120 degrees so those pixels are you know filling a wider area so it actually in theory, or not in theory, but in practice, when you put it on, it might not actually be as, you probably won't be able to tell that greatly. And I'll be interested to see how that works out when, when you get it, Seb, uh, in terms of the visual clarity. I don't know. I think the Reverb G2 is still going to stand quite uh, quite strong on that one, uh, simply because of the, the density of those pixels with the field of view. So really, I'm having to spend all that money for not a lot more and right i've got to be honest as well the htc uh I, I don't have a lot of faith in them when i when i uh think about even far back say the vive pro when it first came out 
they, they were really taking advantage of this thirst for high-resolution headsets because we only had the CV1 then, didn't we, and the original Vive. So everybody wanted a high-resolution headset. They came out with one with this OLED panel, and it wasn't the massively high-resolution, but it was enough to get people on board. And it was incredibly expensive. It was like £1,500. I can't remember what it was now, but it was very, very expensive, far too expensive, I think. And then, of course, the Cosmos appeared. I don't think I need to say anything about that, really, because uh, yeah. everyone knows... It wasn't their best move in the world. So, um, and I know I know of at least three people. In fact, I've been talking to someone today, uh, a, a very good friend of mine, uh, who's a flight simmer. He sent his HTC off because it broke. He had to take it. Uh, he basically had to, uh, at his own cost, send it to Romania to get fixed. And he was 50, 60 quid out of pocket because of it. So, I don't know. With all that going on, I'm not sure that I trust the company at this stage and I also think that this headset is a little bit of a part spin, uh, part spin, I can't say it, <laughs> part spin special. What I mean by that is it's got the same head strap. It's got the same audio, which it's okay. So it's all right, um, you know, but because I have tried one, one um, my friends once. It's decent, but it's not class leading at all, is it? And it even looks the same. It doesn't feel desirable. I don't feel like I really, I look at it and again go, oh my God, I want that. Not like the Focus 3, by the way. Yeah, yeah, story. yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally yeah. different story. But, I mean, like, just this headset in itself, I just feel like they're strapped a new panel in it. Great. And uh, that's it, really. Okay. And, and it's, you know, I, I think... And this whole compression thing, how does that even work? Because at the moment, us guys who got these Reverb G2s, we're struggling. I've got a 3090 in my, on my computer, and I'm still not achieving decent frame rates uh, with uh, a lot of my titles, including not just Microsoft Flight Simulator, but even like other games as well. It, it, you know, it does it, but it struggles. So 5K, really? Is it really going to be able to support that with the same graphics cards as the original 5? You're talking of like 1070 cards or even like 980 yeah. Ti cards. It, it's not going to be able to do that without severe compression. And then... Yeah, you will it notice. is compression. It is compression, yeah, and it seems to be a really good one. So let, I, I, I also know. don't know how it's going to look like, but we will see. I've got loads more comments, but I'll leave it for that for now. And you know, because uh, <laughs> I could go on with this one. To be fair, yeah. but that's my, that's my. But I will just quickly say uh, from the good from the other side of the fence, anyone who's got an HTC headset, okay, and all they need to do is buy this new version. Uh, I don't know. Actually, it's quite a good op option, especially if you're not be able, if you can't get a Reverb G2, because a lot of people can't get one, or a lot of them are, are not really uh, up to the standard in terms of having lots of issues with cables and things like that. I reckon HTC will do a better job at making it work out of the box straight away. Um, so I think you might have less problems with it. And safe, I think if you combine this with the index controllers, okay, uh, and those base stations. This will be or could be the best VR high-end PC-based experience to date. So there's that as well. So I'm not just negative about it. I'm thinking it from two different perspectives. If you already got uh, the HTC, sorry, the, the base stations and the controllers, then the headset, if you order it now at £650, actually, then you've got a nice 5K display that will last you a very long time. Uh, I don't know. That could be a very good option as well so but for me personally as a reverb g2 and i think anyone who's got a reverb g2 and particularly is happy with the tracking contentious one there uh, there's no point upgrading to this at all okay so anthony what are your thoughts about the, the headset 
Yeah, so I'm actually, I'm literally in the market to buy a new VR headset, uh, like a high-end PC VR headset, a go-to daily driver, had a Valve Index for a long time, ended up selling it. And I honest, like when I sold that Valve Index, I thought for sure we'd we'd already have like Samsung Odyssey 2s. And, you know, I thought we'd have new newer headsets by now. And it hasn't really happened. My, my prediction was basically off target because here we are. It's mid-May and we really don't, you know, now we're getting some announcements just now, but we really didn't get any headsets. So I'm in the market for a headset. And when I see this, this is the new clubhouse leader you know you're talking uh six megapixels per eye everybody we're now moving to the megapixel thing okay so now everybody's yeah yeah this has six <laughs> megapixels playstation vr2 4.7 ew get out of here this is six <laughs> megapixels um and then you've got the 120 de degree on the fov but of course, when you do that with the FOV, now your pixels per degree. So like yes. if you have a reverb G2, you're <clears throat> still going to be the pixel per degree champion even after this comes out yep. because you're spreading those pixels over a larger area. I also wonder too, like, like these screens. So now that we're going to these 24, 2448 by 2448 or like 2160 by 2160. Anytime you get to that, that's a square type of a screen. It's a different kind of a screen than we started off with in VR. So now you have these square screens and they're canting them a little bit to get this extra FOV. So they're tilting them a little bit. I just wonder about like seeing the edge of the screen out of the corner of my eye, that would be really irritating, but that's a super minor thing. Is like it the, the same design? Sorry, is it the same design as the Valve Index? The not exactly the no, same, not quite but the it's same. probably very similar. Like you would expect it to be very similar, but we don't know. Um, but like the IPD, the IPD adjustment being granular, I love that word too, granular. <laughs> that's, that's cool, perfect. yeah, I thought it that was means good. like <laughs> a fine dial, you know, fine grain dial. So it's like, yeah, that's awesome if that really works. This is actually, it's ugly. Let's, let's be honest. When the it Vive <laughs> Pro, when the first Vive Pro came out, I was like, oh, that's so ugly. <laughs> Look at those big earphones that are hanging out of the side of it like that. It reminds me of what's the chick that's in the Suicide Squad? The, the girl like oh, with the yeah, ponytail. Yeah, like yeah. that's what this headset reminds me of. In, in the very beginning, I thought that. And it's like this same old design. Like look at the pocketed HTC Vive shell. Like that shell has lasted for years, man. They've just got millions of them in the warehouse. So they're just going to dye that middle part blue and it's all good. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, so it's not, it's definitely, this is not an attractive headset by any stretch of the imagination. Also, the thing about this whole thing is you have to be a hardcore enthusiast and you've got to have money to burn because, yeah, you've got to have this weird marriage of different base stations, different controllers. You're kind of putting this whole hodgepodge together. Then if you try to get the Wi-Fi adapter, guess what? Resolution chopped like more than in half or whatever. You lose, you lose all the resolution with the Wi-Fi adapter. So the Wi-Fi adapter almost becomes a non-starter and you just forget about that Wi-Fi adapter. But still, for a brief moment in time, 
If you want to experience Half-Life Alex in incredible 2448 resolution, you know, I'm seriously though, for a brief period of time, this is going to be the top dog. And you guys are G2 owners. And I want to ask you guys a little bit crunchy <laughs> inside to know that you're not the top dog anymore for resolution. Oh, it hurts. No, not, not, I guess I'm a bit of a, It'd be interesting, actually. Yeah, what do you think, Seb? Because for me, I use it for flight sims, so it's not really an issue for me. I I still think the G2 is the better option because of the audio is so good um, and just the overall comfort. And the fact it's £600, it's half the price. Well, right. unless, of course, you just you know you buy the headset because you've got all the other stuff. Right. But for me, the savings I'm, I'm going to be uh, experiencing, and I still get that really good resolution and audio, it's, it's a no-brainer for me completely. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. So I also think that the G2 still has its place. I think the G2 is a great headset for all of you who want a high resolution and who, who don't have the base station. So I think the G2 is still there, and it's still a viable, a great option for people who want to have a super sharp picture. But first, let me talk about HTC in general. I was actually pleased about ViveCon because they are back in the game somehow right they did not come out with something where you would think like oh my goodness they are dead they have something <laughs> that is actually viable that people will buy there will be enthusiasts who will be upgrading upgrading from their vive from their vive pro from the index from the pimax headset and even from their g2 headsets to get that headset and me as a vr enthusiast i was happy that HTC did not completely abandon us enthusiasts because the Vive Pro is made for enthusiasts and enterprise. So very clear, they are also thinking about us, uh, we are enthusiasts who want to have that spec bump, who want to have the G2 graphics with a higher FOV because, well, lots of people wanted actually a G2 with that kind of um, graphics, with that kind of res resolution over a higher FOV, right? And that headset delivers that. So I must say, I am actually, I was pretty positively surprised when I, when I saw that. Now, I was briefed about those headsets earlier. And my first reaction was, okay, nice, the Pro 2. But I was, me personally, I was more excited about the Focus 3. Even though I don't agree with the naming, I, I think they could have started with a complete new naming scheme for the Focus 3 because it looks so much better than the Focus 1 and the Focus Pro, right? But that's a different story. But let's keep talking about the Vive Pro for a moment. But then I actually talked about the headset with lots of other enthusiasts and they seem to be kind of more excited about the Vive Pro 2 as compared to the Focus 3 because they said, you know what? Actually, that is perfect for me. I have the controllers the index yeah. controllers. I have the base stations here. For me, this 739 euro headset is a no-brainer. I want that resolution. You know, I want exactly that FOV increase. So I think actually I'm happy that HTC made something that it seems people want. <laughs> and just for me as a VR enthusiast, I want that headset. I absolutely want that headset. Now, I also agree with you. I think the design is kind of old-fashioned because it was already old-fashioned when the Vive Pro came out, <laughs> and it, it, it doesn't look better right now. But, well, if in VR this blows me away, then that is a great reason to have it. And I won't be saying, like, oh, that headset is, like, so ugly. I don't think it's, like, but ugly. Like, I think the Vive Focus 1, it was 
butt ugly. It looked like a urinal. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but this headset, I think it's okay-ish, right? The, the, how it looks. And um, therefore, I'm more interested in the specs. And if this blows me away, if it really has 120 degrees horizontal, right? It, it has this high resolution. And if this is really looking as good as the G2 in VR, but with that better FOV, I'm sure lots of people are going to pick this up. Now, for the, for the audio, I must say, of course, I love what the Valve Index and what the G2 offer us, right? right? With that fantastic audio, you don't have any pressure on your ears. It is wonderful. But I also know people who are not happy about this design, who say, like, you know what? I can still hear my wife watching that TV, <laughs> If when I when I play my, my Valve Index, Just crank and, the volume up a bit more then, <laughs> and they and they want something that's over your ears, right? So yeah, they they are, they are different kind of people who want different kind of things. So mm. that is like one thing that I think is totally fine. And for the comfort of the Vive Pro, it is actually good. The comfort is good. So the only thing that I am personally concerned about is the microphone. So. Oh. The, the Vive, the, the original Vive microphone, it sucked. You could hear lots of these pop noises whenever you say some, some P words, right? And the same thing with the Vive Pro. I was like angry at HTC when the Vive Pro came out and it had exactly the same bad microphone. Whenever you are in some kind of multiplayer games, you can directly hear, okay, this is a HTC player. He's using the Vive or the Vive Pro. And at that time, when the Vive Pro came out, it was already unbelievable that they would not change the microphone, which is probably like $5 for them, right? If you just look at the cost of the microphone itself. So they did not change it. But I'm honestly, if now with a with a $799 device, which is like the Vive Pro 2, if they did not upgrade the microphone on that one, I think I'm going to go crazy. Really. <laughs> like, I will, I will go crazy on my channel. <laughs> and I, I will, like, I'm going to go crazy. It's going to be a very interesting interview, uh, review, <laughs> if they didn't change their <laughs> freaking microphone. <laughs> really, this is, this is something that I will find out once... Once I get Supposedly it. Supposedly they didn't, according to uh, Mike from Virtual Oasis. Yeah, how, how does he know? I don't know. If, I don't know how he would know for sure, but like okay. that's what he said. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't even think about that. Said the microphone, and it's one of those things that is so important but overlooked all the time, isn't yeah. it? You know. Um, you, you know, really, like for for content creators like us, yeah. actually, this is like a big differentiator. You don't want to sound like it's shitty, important. right? And that's why I love to use the Valve Index, because its microphone is just so good. It's probably just as good as, as this studio microphone that I'm using here. So I can totally stream, if I would stream so much, but like for, for people who are like really streaming and gaming on the channel, it, it makes a difference. So I really, really hope they upgraded this. And uh, yeah, I will, I will find out as soon as I get it, and uh, I will let you guys know. The other thing that I'm still a bit concerned about both headsets, the Vive Pro 2 and the Focus 3 are the new lenses. They are stacked. They have the same kind of technology like the Valve Index lenses. And we know, and also Anthony, that was one of your big problems with the Valve Index. They have got rays, like, like terrible got rays, right? So uh, I, right now with simply the specs 
I simply cannot tell, would I recommend people to pre-order it? Right now, I would say no. Wait for my review or other people's reviews. Let us have a look through the devices first. And let's see, is there crazy God rays? Is there a bad microphone in it? I will let you know as soon as I got it. I pre-ordered it just like anyone else. So I'm going to get it on 4th June. Of course, I hope to get it earlier from HTC. Um, but I, I don't know if I will get it, but I will let you know about the God rays and the microphone. But in general, I think it's great that they go giving us a bigger field of view and a, a higher resolution. So in general, I must say I'm pleased with the way that HTC is going. And it seems like this time they have some sound business decisions. Don't you think so? That it seems like the product that they are launching now they do have a place in the market, Anthony. They have a bit more chances than like the Cosmos, for example. Um, well, I mean, I like the other product that we're going to talk about yeah. later, uh, for sure. Right, right. Can, can I just say, I like, just popped out my headphones. Sorry, yeah. what were you saying? <laughs> just feel like HTC, the kind of touting this display, this resolution as the massive feature when it should have been an OLED panel. Oh yeah. God, I, I really. I, I don't understand, and I might be being really thick here, but is are it we really going to get any more OLED panels? Exactly. Though, yeah, PlayStation why, VR two, hopefully. Why can't we have a four K OLED panel? What What's the problem here? I don't understand. Is it Is it really that much more expensive? Uh, we have them on our phones, so what, I don't see what the problem is. Uh, but if it had, honestly, more expensive. Hand on heart, if it had, well, it is a little more expensive. But if they had an OLED panel on it, I would have bought one day one and a HDC Vibe Pro two. I would have bought one and I'd have thrown my GT on eBay. <laughs> right. But you know, I would have done that because OLED is so damn important, and I really yeah. miss it. And I. I should have done what Anthony did and kept my CV1. I really miss it because there's certain games where I just, or not even just games, even flying, or flying at night in the G2, it's just, it's awful, to be honest. I mean, it's not awful, but it's just, it's not what it should be. And I just yeah, feel but... I was quite mad by that. I thought that's such a missed opportunity there. Right, I right. sold my index because of the glare. I mean, the glare was a huge reason. Like, if the Valve Index didn't have a problem with glare, I'd have one right now, no question about it. And if they had an index that you could buy that was like $300 more, but it had zero glare, I'd probably buy that. So yeah. that's that's another thing that we have to say about all these headsets, including PlayStation VR 2, Pico Neo 3, all of them. When it comes to VR headsets... Unfortunately, it doesn't work like this. You can't get them all into your one house unless you're balling out like MRTV and you buy every headset <laughs> on demand. But for most of us, we pick one headset, we order it, it gets shipped, we get it here, we put it on. And the thing is, everybody has different cheekbones. Everybody has different eye sockets, different size noses, different size brows, heads, IPDs, all kinds of things. And your IPD will actually affect how much the glare is. Like people that have really wide IPDs actually might notice more glare than the average person would. And, and people with really wide IPDs also get less FOV. People with really like Cyclops IPDs get even more <laughs> IPD than the average person. We all have these different things going on. It's not one size fits all. And so there could be a headset that is absolutely perfect for Sebastian, but might be completely right. wrong for me. And that's one thing that we never really talk about when we get into all these specs. 
Of course, I agree. So I would I would ask you, are you mad? at HTC for not coming out with their own new um, controllers? Yes. Yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. bizarre, yeah. bizarro world, the controller thing, because like when, like, why are they doing this? There's gotta be some legal reason. There's gotta be some kind of like, it must have something to do with Steam licensing or something, yeah. because it does not make any sense that those Vive wands would still exist in the okay. year 2021. It is. It's shocking. Uh, and it's, it's that same thing what I said before about, if I can say it, parts been special. It is really. They've thrown a new panel in it and kept everything else the same, and now it's a new headset. It's not really. Um, not, not, just, it's not. It needs to be far more competitive. Okay. Okay, for that point, I also thought exactly like you guys when I thought about it first. But then I kind of understand it now. So the reason is the reason is the following. First of all, for enterprise, for the enterprise market, the wants make sense. It is simple. You know what you have to do. You point at stuff and then you have the trigger and then that's it. You don't have to learn so many things as compared to something like the, the Valve Index controllers, right? Where you have to put your hands through this, through the sling or whatever it's called. Then you have so many buttons. You don't know what to do. You have that finger tracking. It's probably, it's but too complicated. the wands are so huge, yeah, though. But, They're but so it's, huge. But it's, yeah, they are huge, but it's, it's kind <laughs> they, of... They are ones. It, it, it's it's ones. kind of understandable what it does. So for people... Who are who, who? you give these things? It is easier to understand than the than the Valve Index controllers. That's one thing for enterprise. Actually, that makes sense. That really makes sense. It's easier to understand, and probably that is totally fine. And then, actually, I asked Mr. Wheeler, the HTC president of Europe, why why don't you come out with your with your own better controllers for gamers? And he told me, the reason is. The Steam VR ecosystem already has amazing controllers for gaming, and these are the Valve Index controllers. And in his own presentation, they were shown actually. The Valve Index controllers were shown. So if you want gaming controllers, go for the Valve Index controllers. They work well with that, and lots of the enthusiasts, and this headset is targeted at enthusiasts, they already have those controllers. Now he says, like, um, they, they, they couldn't add any more value with their own controllers. The only thing that they probably could do is have some other button layout, which would confuse everyone, and all the games would have to be uh, rebinded to these new controllers. It doesn't make sense to introduce another controller. Yeah, Anthony. <laughs> okay, so if these wands are so great, why don't we have them on the Vive Focus 3 and every other headset no. they come out with yeah no th th this is uh, for the Vive Focus 3 obviously it ha it has its own inside out controllers that makes sense to have new controllers couldn't there, they right? have like made that design cause yeah 3D printed or whatever and kind of morphed even if it was just the same thing underneath and just made the ergonom ergonomics better made it more comfortable like they did with the G2 controls almost like it's the kind yeah. of same controller but they made it easier to fit your hand you know because yeah but it's it's not so simple to make controllers. Probably this would have like di diverted their their efforts quite a lot. It's really not so simple, and I, I kind of understand it. The controllers are out there in the ecosystem. You can simply get them from Valve, and then you can be happy. So Sebastian, I, I really think that's okay. real quick though. Yeah. The index controllers. Do you actually like them? Because I have a freaking active distaste really? of the index controllers. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think yeah. Why not? I think they are quite good. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't dislike them. Why do you dislike them, Anthony? I dislike well, I dislike them because the freaking thumbstick breaks every four months. So oh, really? if you're okay. if you're not willing okay. to RMA it like nine <laughs> times in a year, that's a problem. That. And right. then there's yeah. the I, I the thing I don't like about them is the plat like the actual plastic that they use just feels really cheapo to me. Really? Like I there's different quality plastics in my opinion. And the plastic on the index just feels really cheap. And then of course the thing that I always rant about when it comes to the index is this idea that I'm gonna walk around like this. I'm gonna stick my hands in these index controllers and look, Ma. I'm not grabbing nothing. Oh, I grabbed the sword. Yay. Or I grabbed the tennis racket. Now I've grabbed it and I have it. Like this idea that that okay. was going to be such a game-changing moment that I've grabbed it. Oh, my God. To me, when I play the index, that is the most overrated thing ever. It causes more harm than it does good. Just give me a goddamn grab button by now. Oh, and man. the plastic is crappy. The thumbsticks yeah. break. What more can I say? The index controllers are garbage. No, no, I don't. I cannot agree. <laughs> I would love no, to try them. I really would. I'd no, really, like the, the the plastic, it doesn't feel like worse than than other controllers. No, I don't agree with that. And, Can't uh, be any worse than the Rift S controllers. They were pretty cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, so for. I personally, and that's me, I can understand that they don't come out with, with, with their own like controllers. And that's fine because I believe people already have the Valve Index controllers and uh, they will simply um, upgrade from the Valve Index. And so, therefore, I do understand that they don't come out with, with new controllers right now. Also, I believe that in the future, it's, everything is more about the standalone headsets. I truly believe that the Focus 3 and the Quest 2 and all these headsets, all these standalone headsets, that is where we're going at. And that is actually what they are more thinking about. And that is now how we get to the last topic now. The last topic is the Focus 3, the HTC Vive Focus 3. It is a standalone headset. And um, let me share my screen now here and show you the the picture of it it's a very very stylish headset gorgeous isn't it? it's a Brilliant. gorgeous headset it's a very <laughs> super gorgeous uh, standalone headset it's aimed at enterprise customers who do not want to get the quest 2 for example it is it also has like for cameras to do the tracking the tracking works via infrared just like on the quest 2 and the quest 1 so hopefully the tracking is going to be way better it must be way better than that of the cosmos then it also has the same 6 million pixels per eye resolution 2.5 or by 2.5K resolution per eye, same as the Pro. It has 90 hertz refresh rate. It has the same dual element Fresnel lenses. It has the same huge 120 degrees horizontal field of view. Okay, I'm still not convinced this really has 120 hertz. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really have to see it by myself <laughs> first. Um, and it has also IPD adjustment. It has a very nice IPD range from 57 till 72. Um, Anthony, I believe you have like 72 or 74, right? IPD. Actually like 70, 71. Okay, perfect. 70, so, 70. so then that should be nice. It has a Snapdragon XR2 processor and it has eight gigabyte of RAM. 
the storage is 128. It's expandable via micro SD to two terabyte. It has a, two USB-C connectors. The battery life is two hours, but the battery is in the back of the headset. You can exchange it within seconds. You can also exchange the face gasket and the back cushion in seconds. So you, th this will be perfect for, for enterprise, right? Like for arcades. They can exchange basically the whole headset within a few seconds and give it to the next customer. That is great. Yeah, for the Vive Focus 3 controllers, they are like uh, the twin brothers and sisters of the Oculus Touch controller. The only difference is the grip is a bit longer and it is like a rechargeable model. So you won't change the batteries, but you're going to recharge it. It's going to uh, last for 15 hours. And also you have a dual microphone. And actually when, when I was briefed by HTC about this headset, for this headset, they did tell me that they have like this amazing new microphone. So for that, ah. I can confirm <laughs> this has a better microphone. Thank goodness. Also, like the audio, it's like an open audio, just like the Quest 2. However, they do have this kind of new technology where they have some kind of like, um, how would I call it? Like active noise canceling for the outside world where they send like, Entire waves, which are ah, exactly interested. Yeah, yeah that yeah. scares me though. That scares How's me that, that it's going to make the audio crappy somehow. The, like activating that. To, but 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 that but that but that loudspeaker which which sends out these entire waves, it's targeted outwards, right? So mm -hmm. I don't think you're going to hear it. Yeah, we will find out. I'm going to find out, of course. Um, like how good it is. Are you going to get this one as well? I bought so, it. I bought it with my everything. own money. He only gets I everything. <laughs> I oh bought it. I bought it with my own money. But of course, I hope that I that I get a review unit earlier, right? But just to let everyone know, I buy all these headsets as well. It's feeling more real when I when I review them, right? Yeah. So I bought it. I bought it all. I paid more like two thousand euros to get both headsets. And <laughs> yeah, I will let you know. I will let you know. Um, like what my findings are. But this is a damn sleek headset, right? And probably some of some of the enthusiasts might want to pick this up. What do you think, Anthony? Well, it is beautiful. Like now, this is the complete opposite of what I was talking about with the Vibe Pro 2 is like, this looks great. The magnesium alloy frame, like, you know, high end, like this is like you're paying the money for this, but you're getting like really high quality materials like all of the frames that we have so far are like plastic or they're just using straps or whatever finally somebody has decided hey what if we like supposedly this magnesium alloy frame is like 20 percent lighter than typical frames and 50 500 percent stronger so you know that's pretty incredible right there but yeah it, it's a beautiful looking headset it's got the uh the battery pack that you can hot hot swappable battery pack. I've been talking about that for a long time. Um, the only thing is, is the way it looks like like you, like I wish I wish there was a hot swappable battery pack where it's like this little cartridge and you could actually have the headset on your head mm -hmm. and you could use like the uh, the pass through cameras and you can go get your and you could just pop it off and pop the other one on. This one looks like you'd have to remove your entire headset. You got to pull, you know, to, yeah. so. It's so, kind of yeah. a little bit of an involved process. I wonder, does the actual unit itself have a built-in battery that covers you for maybe like no. five minutes? It's so not hot swappable. No. Oh, so it's not actually hot swappable. Yeah, that's no. a shame. Okay. That is um, a shame. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's a little bit of a disappointment. But I mean, the price of this thing, though, puts it into the stratosphere where who buys this? You know, I mean, yeah. obviously, this is for business. <laughs> well, yeah, you buy it. But yeah. but like, does anybody pay the one a one thousand dollar premium? I guess but if you're going to have do... one headset, if, if I, you know, you can get the one headset and you need that standalone experience. This is a very tempting, you know, uh, proposition, isn't it? If you're just going to have that one. I just want one high-end headset that I'm just bothered mainly about standalone. I don't care about tethered PC-based VR. I want standalone, and that's it. This, but is, is for somebody that does that, though, if like you really want that high-end standalone, do you really want to miss out on all the exclusive, yeah. right, you know, right. Oculus exclusives? Because they're they're the ones that have a reason to invest millions upon millions into these different developers making games exclusively for them you know it would be amazing if you could get this and you could actually log into the oculus store and they were like cool with it they're like yeah we don't care what headset you you use come to the oculus store and spend your money i look forward to that future like uh, i was on some other show or no, I think it was Chris Richardson was on my show and he was basically saying, hey, look, these are monitors. You know, people want to say VR headsets are just monitors, man. Not yet they aren't. But if we eventually get to that future where it's like, yeah, Oculus doesn't care what monitor you use. If you're in their store spending your money in their walled garden, why wouldn't they be happy about that? But we don't live in that future right now. So, yeah, could you play Quest games on this? probably because it's probably you know it's got the xr2 it's probably android right so you could probably play uh you know games could be ported easily and you can play them but you're missing out on all the oculus exclusives so that's kind of a weird scenario yeah that's right that's right so first of all before i talk about the consumers like us for this i want to talk a moment about enterprise customers enterprise customers are going to buy them in they droves. Are, yeah. This yeah. is like a no-brainer. This is like a super high value, like super high quality headset with a huge, incredible resolution of 2.5 by 2.5K per eye, looking as good as the G2 probably, but in a standalone headset with a wide field of view. This is just desirable. And for companies, <laughs> for companies, for companies who now make the decision, do I pay $1,400 for this? And if it's B2B2C, like an arcade, it's a no-brainer. Really, really a no-brainer. And also in terms of expense, it is not so much more expensive as compared to the Quest 2. The Quest 2 is $800 for um, enterprise customers, and then they still have to pay a yearly fee of like $150. And this will add up if you have a few of them and if you use them for a couple of years. But this, for the for this device, you will not have to do that. So it's a no-brainer for enterprise customers, and they're going to sell so many of them, and therefore HTC is back. And HTC, they have a strategy, even though us... As a consumer, we, we, of course, we wanted to have like a Quest 2 competitor, but that doesn't work for HTC, right? Because they simply cannot subsidize it the way that, that Facebook can. So I think HTC is back with that, really. They are super strong now in the, in the business market, and the business market is huge. But I still think some enthusiasts are going to pick up the Focus 3. If, and that I have to check it, of course, the PCVR streaming 
works really well. Can they make Erlink as good as on the Quest 2? We don't know that yet, right? Because, well, we also thought like yeah, the Cosmos, it must have a great inside-out tracking, but they, they failed, right? So we have to see, we first have to see how good is it actually for those enthusiasts who probably think, hey, you know what? I'm not going to pick up the Pro 2. I'm going to pick up the Focus 3 because I want wireless SteamVR streaming. And for the Pro 2, I need to buy the Pro 2 and I need to buy, let's say, um, the wireless, um, uh, how's it called, the wireless module, which is then half the resolution. Then I have to buy the, the base stations. I have to buy the Valve Index controllers. And probably even the Focus 3 is the better proposition for these people. But again, I have to find out first how good is the SteamVR um, tracking as uh, streaming, right? So, yeah, we have to see. But for business, this is incredible. Can I what? just say, like, <clears throat> it's this headset is the most annoyingly desirable headset I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Like Anthony was saying, like that that aluminium alloy frame, that's just oh yeah, that sends sends tingles. Yeah, <laughs> it's just I want I want that. Uh, you yeah. know, it makes you realise like you know even the high end plastics of the sort of valve index and everything, they, they look great. But it's this is another league completely, isn't it really? And like you said, I was about to mention as well about the business model. It, if I was an enterprise customer, this is an absolute no brainer completely. I'm actually quite pleased. I feel a little bit like warm inside that Facebook now have got a fight on their hands in, uh, when it when it comes to that sort of pro sort of consumer well yeah enterprise level because you're not going to have you're not going to pay that subscription that's a lot of money so you yeah. say 150 pounds yeah. a year you're this right. is the an for all each quest you get for each quest for right? each one for as well each like, one, yeah. oh my god yeah that oh god that's crazy so and that's very facebook as well isn't it a very aggressive and of course, I can't believe, Seb, you haven't mentioned you don't have to log in with a Facebook account. Uh, yeah, oh, all right. Oh, oh my goodness, <laughs> oh, how could God. I not mention this? Yeah, that's, all, that's another thing. That, sorry. That's, oh, now you got me going again. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that is one more thing that also they pointed out. Like all of the tracking data, all of what the cameras see, everything is encrypted and on the device and it will never leave the device. Yes. So I, that, I that, that, right. is like, that is like a huge selling point for all the people who, who care about their privacy, right? So, so yeah, it's a no-brainer. And in arcades, of course, we're going to see lots and lots of Focus 3 and not so many Quest 2s for like wireless, right? Because this looks so incredibly um, comfortable as well. And it's so easy to swap the battery and stuff. So arcades are going to stock up on these devices, of course. Makes so much sense. And yeah... I think some people will want it. People just, in chat, wish... who wants this device, please say yes. <laughs> and those who don't want it, please say no. It looks very 2021. Like this looks like a modern, up to date prod, up to date product. You know, this is where but, all the R and D went. That, <clears throat> one question I do have about this though is: so I was watching some other guys' video about like the Vive Pro Two. You know, I was watching a number of different people's videos about it just to kind of get refreshed up on everything, and. This guy was talking about how, like on the Vibe Pro 2, he was talking about the incredibly high, you know, six megapixels per eye, 2004, you know, blah, 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 120 degrees, you know, spreading the pixels across this ginormous thing. And he was saying, look, one of the hidden downsides of like a Vibe Pro 2 
is you really got to own like a 3090. And even if you have yeah, a 3090, it's not, it's not necessarily going to be driving everything at that kind of a resolution, right? So now we're over to the Vive Focus 3, which has an XR2. Like, what are they doing with all that resolution and spreading it across 120 degrees? One thing I wonder about is like, okay, let's say somebody makes a Quest game like a uh, walkabout mini golf or whatever, right? And Vive is like, hey, we want you to bring walkabout mini golf over to the Vive Focus 3. The, that Quest game runs at a certain resolution. Now it's going to be on this headset. I wonder if they like automatically like upscale it up to the 20, 40, 40. I'm just wondering about that because this one guy is like saying, look, everybody needs yeah. a 3090 to, yeah. to even enjoy this, right. yet this little freaking standalone's doing it. I got your point. And um, the reason why it can do so is because the XR2 chipset that is in that headset is, first of all, optimized, they say, and it is cooled in a way better way than the XR2 chipset in the Quest 2. And the You're Quest only going to... Yeah, you're, you're only yeah. going to get a few, sorry, sorry to interrupt. That was yeah. very rude of me, but I just, I, I know what it's like when it comes <laughs> to optimizations and stuff. I just feel like, you know, yeah, it's optimized. It's a bit cooler. It might run a little bit more higher clock. That's going to equate to a couple more frames per second. That's it. It's not going to be a massive difference. Yeah, but the resolution, it can actually like run this kind of resolution, the 2.5 by 2.5K pixels. And that is, of course, cool. Then one more thing that I actually, I asked HTC. So I asked them, hey, HTC, <laughs> will you allow Cloud XR streaming? So, you know, I'm, I'm really like a big fan of this. And now that I've tried Plutosphere and that it blew me away and it just feels like doing virtual desktop from my local gaming PC, I simply want to know, does that device do Cloud XR streaming? And would you allow something like Plutosphere on that device? And then they told me, you know, Sebastian, you know what? Actually, in Taiwan, we have the first real 5G standalone network. It's like real 5G, like the 5G that we have right now in the States and in, in Europe that is actually built upon our 4G network. So in Taiwan now, they have the first real standalone 5G network and they will do this kind of standalone um, cloud streaming to this device in some kind of, uh, yeah, in, in some kind of arcades, trying this out, how it works and so on and so forth. And they also said, you know what, the, the Focus 3, this headset, it has an SD card slot. And you can put whatever you want onto that SD card. So you can put any kind of application on it and it's going to run in kiosk mode if you want with just that application that you put onto that SD card. So you can like totally mod this Focus 3 to your liking and I do see enthusiasts using this headset and then probably doing something like with Plutosphere and streaming some, some, uh, yeah, some, some games, some PC VR games onto this headset. So I am excited about that headset for the very, very high-end uh, enthusiast who simply wants to have the latest and greatest. From, for, from the specs, it looks as if this is this enthusiast level standalone headset that we want. I first have to check it out. What about the FOV? What about, um, yeah, the glare or what? But just looking at the specs, how it looks like and what they've done with the build quality and everything, I believe this is a super exciting headset. And they're back. I think HTC is back, really. Honestly, I would have, I, you know, the two things that would have made me buy one instantly. And that would have been a DVI port 
and uh, yeah. full color pass through. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah if right. it had those two things, I just think that would have blown my mind, and I would have just right. hit that buy button right now. Yeah. I really would. Uh, I just there's feel... no no yeah. eye tracking on either of these headsets. No, but so you can buy you yeah. can buy like uh, an eye tracking um, third party um, uh, accessory. Yeah. It is. Gonna it just come it out, looks yeah. so futuristic. I just wish it had that. That'd be so yeah. cool. Absolutely. You know, and then it, and, and then it would cater for both audiences with that amazing resolution. You've got it. Apart from the Quest exclusives, which I could live without, <laughs> you know, I would buy one of them and have it as my main headset. Yeah, uh, right. Those just two features there. But... but you know what? I really think they did a good job now, like squarely putting this into the enterprise sector. It's you know? clever, mate. It's yeah. clever because the enterprise sector, they will pay that money and they will think it's freaking cheap, $1,400. For us, it's now very clear, hey, this is not a quest to competitor. So nobody is going to shout at HTC and say, ah, you guys are so expensive. No, it is clearly targeted at enterprise. And some crazy enthusiasts are going to buy that, like this guy. And um, yeah, so <laughs> so yeah, they are getting what they want. They're going to sell, like, sell it like hotcakes to enterprise there will be some enthusiasts who are going to pick this up if this does steam vr streaming really well so yeah i think they have done everything right they have done everything what they could they did it and uh, i think htc is back and they are not going to go down would, would you agree with this that you think they can now survive for another couple of years I, th I think this is their last dip into the PC VR pond. <laughs> I think if this goes wrong, that's going to be it. And they'll just con concentrate on the focus, which okay. is probably what will happen anyway, to be honest. Yeah, on the long but, way, uh, you know, the, uh, the stock price for HTC as a company, I remember a couple of years ago, I was like on a VR roundtable episode and we were talking about will HTC even exist the next right, year? Right. Because their <laughs> stock was so incredibly low. Right. But do you know what happened? at a certain? Uh, there was a certain time earlier this year, or really late last year, where all these stock investors started to hear about VR and AR, and they started buying stuff that's related mm -hmm. to VR and AR. And now HTC, their stock is like way better. So mm -hmm. they, they apparently are going to survive. They, they were in a very dark day for a while there but it, it appears they will be viable for a little while but whatever happened to like proton and all that although if you look at this vibe focus 3 it almost looks like a silhouette of that proton headset yeah a bit right so let's see let's see it's just about um trying these headsets now really looking through them to find out are they interesting for us enthusiasts so that's what I would tell anyone out there who wants to um, pre-order this. I would say, uh, wait a moment uh, and really have me look through it <laughs> or let other people have look through it too because uh, then we will really know what's up with them. But I really believe that HTC has now done a good job and I was pleasantly surprised that they have to offer something that is actually interesting for us consumers and that's for sure going to sell great to enterprise yeah we're through now with our with our topics and we are at the two hours and 16 minutes mark is there anything that any of you would like to add for today's show i just want to well, quickly mention sorry just a very geeky thing about the vibe pro 2 if any of you guys use flight sims particularly microsoft flight simulator um actually i think the reverb g2 is a better option simply because it's app it's optimized for that sim 
because the Windows Mixed Reality platform, this is the first time anyone's ever said this ever, is actually better than Steam VR in terms of the way it handles the performance and the asynchronous time warp. It's actually better. So that's just, I just want to throw, throw that in there because um, it will mean a lot to some people. I think yeah. from a simmer's point of view for that particular uh, flight sim, the G2 still wins uh, against the Vive. But yeah, that's all I was going to say. I forgot wow. to mention it. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's probably a very interesting kind of piece of information, right, for people who want to know about this game. Yeah. And Anthony, how about your last words for today's show? Yeah, the only thing I, I wanted to say is just I wonder. So remember the Quest 3, right? Because Zuck had this interview with this guy, Scott Stein. And I don't know if you already covered this last week, but Zuck had an interview. It was like audio only. He wasn't on camera, but he was talking about the Quest 3 like it's just a given. So Quest 3 is definitely coming. Ne I mean, not Quest 3. I'm sorry. Quest Pro. <laughs> what? Quest what? Pro. <laughs> yeah. Quest Pro is definitely coming next year. And I wonder if like magnesium alloy frames, battery in the back. I, I just wonder if some of these things might might make Facebook think, huh, maybe we should put the battery. I think they're very hesitant to put the battery in the back, though, because they have this idea of people laying down in bed or on a sofa and laying their head back, and they don't want that battery right there. But, but man, yeah. the balance of that is just so much better, I think, right? Agreed. Yeah, agreed. definitely. Yeah. Who knows? Probably they um, still choose to put the battery in the back for the Quest 2 Pro whenever that comes out because people can still buy the Quest 2, the standard one, if they want to lie down in bed. Who knows? Anyways, that is going to be all very exciting. And yeah, VR is not dead at all. I think no, that is for right, sure. Exactly. That is for sure. And that is really cool. Yeah, that's it for the 21st episode of the Next Dimension podcast. I really, really hope that you enjoyed it. And again, I would like to say thank you to the sponsor of this episode. It's the XR Week. It's an XR Expo for XR applications for professional, yeah, for professional applications. So if if you want to know how to use XR for your business, if you want to get inspired, then check out the XR week. It's going to start on 17th of May and the link is down in the description. And I still have like 25 free tickets. If you want a free ticket, simply send me an email. My email address is down in the description of this video. And also, if you love this podcast, even though today I streamed it to the wrong stream, <laughs> then please do leave us a review. Please do um, get your iPhone or iPad out now, find the podcast app, it's already pre-installed, and find the Next Dimension podcast. Give us a five-star review. This really, really would mean a lot to us. If you enjoy these podcasts, if they can give you any value, this is your way to give back to us. And also don't forget, the thumbs up now in that wrong stream that you're watching. Give it a thumbs up right now so that more people can find this video and this podcast. That's everything that we got for this week and we look forward to see you in the next week. Until then, bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. <laughs>